cuts of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me Everybody, uh, happy Wednesday to all of you. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Little rainy out there. And you know what that means. Traffic. Oh, yeah. People plan their lives around rain. Some people say, you know, I'm going to go out today. All I'm going to do is apply my brakes. That's what I'm going to do today. Go out and hit the highway. And I'm just going to hit the brakes everywhere I go. That's what I'm going to do today. That's what people do. There's some people like that. They they go out and they're dropped from the... uh, the spaceship of annoyance and they come down from space every time it rains and they're on they're the ones on the road they're aliens and they they just apply their brakes every time everywhere doesn't matter what it is it could be on an on-ramp they they put their brakes on on an on-ramp i saw somebody that actually uh, the other day put their brakes on on an on-ramp it drove me out of my tree i'm like dude you have got to be you're not really braking on an on-ramp or for that matter, uh, a, a ramp like at, at, at uh, 40 and 270. You know, where you hit that ramp and you fly into the, on the 270. Why would you brake right there? That would be your cue to speed up and go fast. Why would you brake on that particular, at that particular juncture? What would it be in your mind that says, I know what I'll do. While I'm on basically an on-ramp to 270, I'm going to slam my brakes on. That's what I'm going to do. I think cars shouldn't even have brakes, to tell you the truth. They're really getting in the way of progress and commerce. 
That's what's happening out there. So be careful. I'm just telling you. So worried about my friends down there in uh, the Emerald Coast. The Hurricane Michael is now a Category 4, and it is uh, hurtling its way. It's a couple hours away from landfall, and I think Panama City is the direct hit there. So uh, that is, uh, boy, that's, that's kind of my place in the summertime, and not Panama City necessarily, but uh, areas around um, – Rosemary Beach and uh, Seaside and and those areas there, it's uh, really going to be treacherous. Category 4, as of landfall, like normally these things, they will make landfall and then it'll it'll be, uh, you know, it'll dissipate to a Category 3. That still might happen since it's a couple hours away uh, from from hitting that area there. So it still might get uh, reduced to a Category 3. Uh, but for right now, it is a Category 4, and that is uh, a monster, especially for that area down there, which is heavily populated and a lot, lot, lot of property down there and a lot of homes and a lot of these uh, beach home communities. And so, for instance, Seaside's a, a good example of that, and we've got uh, also uh, – the Rosemary Beach and all those places down there. There is a, a couple of places that have been built to withstand hurricanes, and uh, it, th- these places I hope are going to stay put. But uh, there's been mandatory evacuation orders for Seaside, for Rosemary Beach, uh, I believe for Panama City as well. It's a mandatory evacuation order. Although there are some people who are. Uh, who are not leaving there. Uh, they're staying – a lot of these places, in Panama City in particular, there are these uh, fairly gigantic high-rises down there, and they're just chock full of, of people and vacationers and that kind of thing. And there are some people who I guess aren't leaving. I don't know what it means uh, that uh, that they're not going to go, but I, I thought a mandatory evacuation, evacuation order says you got to go, but – uh, apparently, uh, Jeff Flock from Fox News was down there interviewing some of these people, and, and they're not going anywhere. So uh, hopefully they're going to be okay. But a lot of people with a lot of property down there and a lot at stake uh, in that area there down in the Emerald Coast, the Redneck Riviera, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, now Michael is a Category 4, but again, still probably a good two hours away from landfall. So we'll be, we'll be monitoring that hurricane from the Radio Free Almond Weather Center, the weather headquarters. We'll be going to the Radio Free Almond meteorologist, Jamie Almond in just uh, a little bit. We'll check in with him as the uh, morning progresses. But still, uh, in all seriousness, our prayers go out to uh, the folks out there and down there because Category 4 is a big and that's normally uh, – we haven't seen one of those in a while, and especially down in uh, that area there. And so we're going to uh, follow up on that and keep abreast of what's going on. So lots to talk about today. Uh, Jimmy Talent possibly going to be joining us uh, down the line. I, again, am going to be taking off uh, for New York City right after this uh, show, basically. And I will be in New York City by this afternoon. And so I may or may not do a little uh, live chat from there later on. But we'll be going up there, and I've got a uh, situation, a couple things I'm doing. Uh, first of all, my daughter Katie's up there, so I'm going to be able to see her for a little bit uh, this weekend and, and uh, next couple days. And then at uh, tomorrow, I'm going to Yale University, 
and a research facility over there, and I'm doing some work on something that I, I actually am not going to totally talk too much about right now, but it's a, a project I'm working on for uh, a later date, so I will be uh, filling you in on what that is all about uh, at some point, but it's uh, going to be fun. It's really cool, and people are going to be like, why are you doing that when right in the middle of all this. And it's like, I don't know. Uh, that's just the way I operate. So I'm going to be up there uh, on Thursday and taking the trip with Katie, which is going to be fun. And then on Friday, going to be popping in with uh, the uh, folks over at Fox. And so uh, hopefully if all goes well uh, and, and timing is right, then I'll be with uh, Brian Kilme tomorrow morning. And I'll do a little uh, Friday morning and I'll do a little uh Live Facebook uh, with him if if we can uh, pull that off. Going to talk to them up there, also about a uh, contributor, some contributor work up there uh, with Fox News. So who who knows? Whatever they decide, uh, maybe I'll be on uh, Fox News just a little bit uh, here and there. So that'll be kind of uh, fun. Speaking of New York, bummed about the Yankees, but that's how it all works out. You know, been watching the games and. Uh, yeah, I thought the Yankees were going to win the World Series, but they uh, lost to Boston. So I'll, I'll be greeted. I'll, I'll be seeing some long faces there in uh, New York City. So, oh, well. Oh, well. So let's see. We've got uh, the Boston guys. They're going to be playing the Astros. And Los Angeles will be playing the Brewers. And the, yeah, I have, I'm, not gonna, I'm not rooting for the Brewers. I know everybody probably wants to. Because they're the Brewers, but uh, I, I'm not. I'm rooting for the Dodgers all the way. Astros are a good team, but it's just kind of ho hum to me. So I'm going for the uh, oh, Mama K. Make sure you bring your shoes. I will, Mama K. Definitely will. Oh, so um, I don't know whether it hasn't really been confirmed yet. Uh, but next Tuesday, if all goes well. We're going to have kind of a – well, it would be then Wednesday morning. So a week from today, uh, we're going to be quite possibly – Mama K will be probably with us hopefully uh, because we're going to have a little Halloween special on Wednesday morning, uh, the 16th. If all goes smoothly for us, uh, we're going to uh, have a little Halloween special for you. and It will involve, involve a haunted house and – we're planning kind of an overnight stay at the haunted house. So that'll be kind of cool. So the next Wednesday morning, then we would have a show uh, with the, uh, and we'll be having a show from the haunted house Wednesday morning. It'll be a Facebook show. So it won't be a stream or if we can, we'll figure, we'll figure that out. So, uh, uh, Lee, Mama K is confirmed, so we'll figure we'll figure all that out. But so so look, keep an eye on next Wednesday morning when we have a uh, uh, an awesome Halloween special for you with uh, Radio Free Almond, and then we're doing it because we can. I normally don't do; I never did, even over at ninety seven one, a little uh, Halloween special here. Uh, but <laughs> why not? It's a it's a new frontier, and that's what we're going to do. So, hey, Steamfitter Chris, thanks, buddy. I uh, want to let you know I got your message, and Steamfitter Chris, I will be uh, following up with you uh, and uh, with uh, – you know what? I would also like it, if, if you don't mind, Steamfitter Chris, and Steamfitter Chris is a uh, – 
conservative Democrat who listens to Radio Free Allman, and I might, if you don't mind, call you a little later on to uh, maybe talk to you a little bit about what the Democrats are uh, are thinking these days, what people who generally vote Democrat are thinking. You know you voted for President Trump, but I'm wondering maybe if I could give you a call with your permission. Maybe you could just text me since you have my private number. You could text me and let me know uh, whether or not you're available sometime this morning to be able to uh, call you on Skype and uh, get a little sense of what's happening among the Democrats out there, because I, I, I'm firmly convinced that this whole thing about the blue wave, there might be a few House seats here and there that are going to go Republican or Democrat, but I, the, the Senate certainly will not. And the, the House, a few of these seats may, but for the most part, uh, I highly doubt that we're going to see this so-called blue wave that everybody seems to be uh, talking about because uh, you have to assume that there are going to be people like Steam Fitter, Chris, and others who will go back to the polls uh, in November and vote for people who will unwind the progress that President Trump is making. And that's what would happen. They would do that with the, uh, in the regulatory ways and other ways. Uh, maybe even taxes, those kinds of things, and just not and just put a break on the progress that we're all uh, having uh, and seeing. So I, you'd have to assume that these individuals uh, will go back to the polls and just unwind, dismantle what we built by electing people who are going to break it down. It just doesn't stand a reason that that would happen. Uh, the other possibility is, according to some people, is that uh, they. Republicans will stay home. And that, of course, is ridiculous. That whole idea that Republicans will stay home is it's just that that's just not going to happen. People that just is not a a possibility either. So, uh, I you know, I know you all are going to be staying home if you are a Republican. You're not going to be out there. Uh, the. Staying home and deciding you're not going to pay attention to what's going on. You're not, you're not complacent by any stretch. You saw what happened with Kavanaugh. You saw what happened and what is happening with the so-called mobs out there. And I, I will tell you, CNN and other of these news organizations, I'll get to this in just a little bit, are claiming they just don't want to hear any talk about a mob or a mob this or mob that. And they're they're just covering up for these people out there who are banging on doors and who are accosting people at restaurants and who are standing in the middle of intersections and conducting traffic stops and, and doing traffic work or whatever it is. These Antifa guys are calling people you know, racists and everything else. I mean, these are, it's a mob mentality out there now. It's a, it's a left wing mob mentality. You see it sometimes in a lesser organized fashion, like in little groups here and there. And then you see it in a more organized fashion, like the mob mentality that tried to take out uh, Brett Kavanaugh yesterday. The, the bigger news, although it's not that big of a deal. Uh, I don't know why the news people and everybody else wound up obsessing about it all day long. And that was the departure of Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, as the U.N. ambassador, she did a great job, uh, but she really was working super hard. That's a super demanding job. You spend eight years as governor of South Carolina, and then suddenly you pop into uh, you pop into the 
the UN ambassadorship for crying out loud, and especially at a time when President Trump is working people so hard and there are so many issues, Iran, North Korea, uh, trade issues, all those kinds of things. And it's it's been super, super uh, busy. And so she's managing you burn out so fast. And uh, Nikki Haley, I think, uh, she has two kids, and I think she wants to kind of get a little break here. Everybody was uh, trying to uh, – everybody was trying to read – weird things into this and saying, oh, she must have just abruptly resigned because she's mad about Kavanaugh. It's like, oh, come on, people. I mean, that's that's even more ridiculous. There is a possibility there might be something else behind it, although she did tell the president six months ago, according to her and according to the president, that she would be leaving. Uh, but there is a possibility that there could be some machinations going on where let's just pretend that Lindsey Graham – would wind up doing something uh, post-midterms. This is why maybe it happened so close to the midterms, post-midterm, and that Lindsey Graham would become maybe part of the president's cabinet or maybe even take on the U.N. ambassadorship. Who knows? And then uh, Haley would then wind up uh, uh, perhaps taking over as an appointee uh, the U.S. Senate seat currently held by Lindsey Graham, and that would be easy for her to do. Uh, and so we'll see how we'll see how this whole thing shakes out. But there's a possibility that she could be uh, in that mode where she could do a, a work like that. But she's done a tremendous job as U.N. ambassador. And and then the other possibility is, and this is one that people haven't really been broaching uh, is there's a strong possibility that come 2020 she would be president trump's running mate that in fact uh vice president pence would no longer be vice president pence and ultimately what would happen is she would run as a running mate uh with president trump in 2020 which would be a very interesting dynamic you could tell that they are very very close uh, you can tell that, you know, listen, Pence wasn't uh, all the way on board with Trump during the cam- the, the, the normal uh, campaign denomination process. And so it's not beyond the realm of possibility that somebody who wasn't an original supporter of President Trump would, in fact, possibly be uh, someone who could get in there and, and, and do some things uh, with him as a running mate. And so I'm predicting uh, that Pence will have um, will have have maybe had enough, and and they will decide to. This has happened before. I can't tell you exactly uh, when, but I believe it's happened before, where a second term uh, campaign uh, meant that perhaps there was a uh, they changed vice presidents, they changed running mates in 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 uh, in between elections. So. I would not be surprised if it's not a matter of Nikki Haley ultimately being appointed U.S. Senator uh, from South Carolina while uh, Lindsey Graham takes a cabinet position with the White House and then remains so through a second term for President Trump, who will, by the way, have a second term. There's, I don't think any question about that. Uh, but I do believe that we could see a Nikki Haley as President Trump's running mate for 2020. Just keep that in your pocket and kind of hang out with that a little bit and imagine that and wonder whether or not that's actually a good idea. 
And I do believe Pence is a good guy, but 2020 is going to present new challenges and new things. And uh, you know how President Trump is. He's always he's always changing things up. He's always surprising people. And so uh, that's going to be the prediction I'm sticking with at this point is that Nikki Haley is going to take some time off. Uh, next couple of years, she's going to be with her family, do whatever, be an advisor to the president, or perhaps maybe even take uh, take over for uh, uh, for Lindsey Graham. But in the long term, my prediction is that she becomes President Trump's running mate for 2020 and then candidate for president in 2024. That's just what I'm thinking. And uh, Lisa just nailed it down to uh, present so, uh, and 2024. So keep an eye on that possibility. I haven't heard anybody talk about it. But when I saw those two together, I saw running mates. I saw two people running together in 2020. And so that's my prediction. I don't, uh, some people say she'll be a U.S. senator. My feeling is that she's going to be President Trump's running mate. In 2020. Now, meanwhile, the president has uh, put out the ultimate troll, and this was yesterday. And as you know, the president is uh, very entertaining, and you know what he does with stuff. Let me take a drink of my monster, will you, please, just for a second, for crying out loud? Let me take a, a drink of this. Thank you. Just needed that a little bit. Thirsty. Yeah, last night I had, so I went out to. I had to. I'm trying to keep. I'm about to close the pool. And uh, so the pool is still open, and it's heated and everything else. But uh, I have I have this hat out there near the pool. I left the hat out there uh, the uh, overnight, and couldn't find it. So I had the uh, had the hat out near the pool, and went out last night to kind of clean the leaves out, do a little bit of this. I I got home from seeing Jim Comey. You guys believe that? I w- I went and saw James Comey at the Speaker Series last night. At the Maryville University Speaker Series, James Comey. That was an hour and a half. I'll never get. I'll never get back. But he. But he was still. It was still worth going. It was still something that was interesting. It's still a privilege to be to be there. My uh, in laws, the uh, Kathleen Fallon and Don, they've had tickets since the start of it, which is, I think they're going on twenty one years now. And I've been going to the Speaker Series for a long time, and always a surprise a little bit by the people who otherwise you might think. Would not be, uh, you know, like I, I always bring up uh, Mia Farrow, and and I remember, you know, going to see Mia Farrow and thinking, oh, this is just going to be about, you know, Biafra babies and starving kids or whatever, and which I care about, obviously, but I, I just was saying uh, that. Uh, so, I, but she completely surprised me. She talked about Sinatra and Woody Allen and did all that kind of stuff. So it was fun. I'll tell you about the Comey thing because Comey was everything I expected him to be. This guy's got some pr- some issues. He's got some ego issues that are that are that are that lead me to believe that that's why we're in this situation we're in uh, regarding him and the president uh, because uh, he's he, he's got some things going on with him. I'm just telling you, it was pretty. He's got he's he's clearly President Trump clearly. It, he was he was way he was insulting to the president first of all. Uh, in talking about how he's a liar and he's a this and he's a that, and and uh, it was uh, 
but but everybody was. I think there were there were a lot of people there because Comey is kind of despised by not only Republicans but also by some Democrats. They think he's responsible for the election of President Trump, but he said he hopes not. Uh, and and you know he's generally a good good guy, I think, but he's got some problems. He's got some issues that I'll talk about uh, a little later on. Uh, but you know a lot of people were looking for that. They they want they they want to go see people who will crap all over President Trump because it makes them feel better. That's the only thing they have going for them. So there are a lot of people who will go to these things and just it, it just is something they, need, they can put in their mouth and suck on for a little while to keep themselves pacified. So, you know, he'll say something negative about President Trump and everyone's like, yeah, 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 see, see in 2024. You know, I mean, just, but, but anyway, that's how it operates. But Comey's got some things going on there that I'll, I'll talk about a little bit. Anyway, so I went out and cleaned the... Uh, Clean the pool, and then got this hat, and then I was out there just sitting, and I and I, and I had to and the and the pool right now the leaves are like flying into the pool. I'm going to close it next week, but I always like to keep it open just a little bit. Uh, and and so when I get home Sunday, I might put all my lighted pumpkins in to get my Halloween picture and be done with it at that point. So I go out, uh, clean the pool, get get my hat this this hat actually, and uh, and I put it on. And I start to feel like there are ants all over me. I'm like, what the hell is going on? There are ants all over me. And I don't know what the hell is going on. It's just the weirdest damn feeling. And so uh, it's really annoying, too. And I'm sitting out there going, there are ants all over me. God, what's going on here? So I get inside, and it turns out this hat is, like, full of ants. So I had ants, like, all in my hair and these little small little ants and stuff. It's just like, ugh. So I had to shake them out into the sink and push them down the drain. And so I think there are some still stuck in this hat. And it's driving me. They're like living in this hat. It's driving me nuts. It's disgusting, too. So I got some, some – so either that or I just feel like there are ants on me because I was like uh, – yeah, Steve, what hair? I still have some hair there, buddy. But yeah, and so now, and so I don't know whether it's just that now I feel like there are ants all over me, and I'm mentally disturbed by that or, or what. But um, yeah, I just. Uh, but yeah, there are ants in my hat. I don't know why the ants were in my hat. There's nothing in there for them to get or eat or whatever. But boy, you know, I saw those guys though. I saw those little ants the other day carrying a fly, a dead fly that I had swatted away from me. And boy, they made quick work of that thing. They carried that thing into a little crevasse and they, that thing was gone. Ants are strong. They carry 10 times their weight, I think I learned when I was nine. But anyway, uh, but yeah, ants on this damn hat. Now I feel like they're in the hat. So I might have to go out to my truck and get a different hat. I know they're not in there, but I feel like they're in there. And now I feel like there's, you know, how you, when you now you feel like the ants all over you. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm ate up as it is. So I'm like, oh, what's going on? I got ants all over me. Anyway, so you see President Trump did the ultimate troll thing. And, and what President Trump does is he goes out there and says something that he knows everybody is going to freak out. Uh, and everybody's going to freak out about it. So what did you think President Trump did when he's asked about who's going to take the place of Nikki Haley? You know, who, who, who? Oh, if you if you had to pick one person who's going to replace Nikki Haley, if you had to pick one person and j- just if you wanted to annoy the news media and freak everybody out and keep them busy, 
for the next 48 hours, what, what do you think you would say? Exactly. 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 Well, Dean is certainly a person I would consider, and she is under consideration. We have actually many names, and, you know, Nikki has been great. Nikki's going to be working along with us and helping us with the choice, plus he's going to help us with 2020, and uh, Nikki's a great friend of mine. We've become real friends over the last period of time. She's done a fantastic job, and so she'll be involved. And Dina, certainly, and there are others. I've, I've heard a lot of names. I've heard Ivanka. I've heard how good would Ivanka be? The, the people that know, there's nothing to do with nepotism, but I want to tell you, the people that know, know that Ivanka would be dynamite. But, uh, you know, I'd then be accused of nepotism, if you can believe it, right? Yes. I think Ivanka would be incredible. That doesn't mean I'd, use, you know, I'd, I'd pick her because you'd be accused of nepotism. Even though I'm not sure there's anybody more confident in the world, but that's okay. But, uh, but we are looking at numerous people, and uh, it is interesting. The the name you just mentioned has been <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Because he knows when he mentions Ivanka's name that all these lemmings, all these psychos will go crazy and they'll put together nine member panels on Ivanka Trump and nepotism. And then they'll go call up Tate from the past and talk about nepotism in history. And they'll go, oh, they'll all go eight bats crazy over the Ivanka thing. And then the president decided he was going to keep on with that. And he goes, yeah, but I might be accused of nepotism, even though I don't really think it's nepotism. I might be accused of it. And that, of course, will keep these idiots busy for a long, long time. There's no way, for instance, that Ivanka is going to be chosen as the <laughs> as the next UN, an ambassador to the UN. There's, there's no way that he would ever do that. And there's no way that she would ever accept it. And there's, and there's no way in the world that would be acceptable to pretty much anybody. Ivanka has no experience, although some might say that Nikki Haley doesn't either, but Nikki Haley does have experience in leadership positions as governor uh, and also was uh, fairly well-versed in foreign policy as it is and so has a little bit of a background in that situation. But the president's not going to choose Ivanka as the UN ambassador, but he knows that by mentioning it and by bringing her up and by even saying that there's no such thing as it wouldn't be nepotism and all that other stuff. He knew that these people would all go crazy and spend the rest of the day just, you know, piling on this whole thing as as, uh, Martha points out. uh, Yeah. Living rent free, uh, in the in the heads of the media, that that was the a funny moment there. Hey, uh, what do you think about? Uh, I don't know, uh, Ivanka. Hey, uh, she'd be excellent. She's probably no one more qualified in the world than Ivanka. In fact, uh, you know, people might call it nepotism, but uh, I wouldn't call that nepotism. And so they'll replay that soundbite time and time again, and it'll drive all the lemmings nuts. That's how the president operates. He'll throw things out there that you know aren't going to happen. But, you know, but they, and, and lo and behold, the entire night was spent on how what a jerk Donald Trump is for wanting to possibly name his daughter as the, uh, the next 
UN ambassador. So he's not going to do that. And, and he knows he's not going to do it. But he figures he stands out there and talks about it. Uh, it's the less they'll talk about rape. So, you know, they'll, he, knows how to, he knows how to operate all this. Speaking of the first family, uh, Melania is uh, doing her first interview, uh, has already done it, actually, and will be on uh, Friday night. And I've got a little bit of a preview for it. And, of course, it's all negative. She's asked to explain everything from Stormy Daniels to uh, everybody else. So, you know, she's she's just uh, at least that's what the tease looks like. It looks like they asked her about infidelity and all kinds of stuff and and probably probably said, oh, no, we'll talk to you about all of your nice charitable work. And we want to do a feature on, you know, how how charitable you've been and all of your uh, initiatives throughout the globe and blah, blah, blah. Then they sit her down and just pepper her with questions about Stormy Daniels. That's kind of, I think, how this thing probably worked. But we'll see. There's a chance they were fair to her, but at least she's finally getting some attention. Uh, uh, and, and, and I hope that it's uh, overwhelmingly, ultimately positive. So finally they're getting uh, some uh, attention, and so uh, we'll see how it goes. But I have a preview for you uh, that I will play for you. Plus, we're continuing to monitor that uh, Hurricane Michael, uh, right now a Category 4, right now about two hours away from Panama City. So pray for our uh, fellow U.S. citizens down there and for their property down there, and we'll see how it goes. But I'll be monitoring that from the Radio Free Albany Weather Center, the weather headquarters, the weather uh, the weather. Spaceship, the weather monitoring satellite, the Radio Free Almond satellite will follow up on that for you as well. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed? At the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's red glare The bombs bursting in air Gave proof through the night That our flag was still there Who say does that star-spangled banner yet wave
Don't wait. The Fed has raised interest rates. That means your minimum credit card payments are going up. Don't let that happen to you. This is James Hawkins of Golden Oak Lending. Now's the time to consolidate your debt. Home values are up, and you can use the smart cash in your home to pay off debt or get rid of expensive PMI. Smart cash is the difference between what you owe and the new value of your home. And Golden Oak still has fixed rates in the threes. Call 567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37. This morning, everybody. Good morning this morning. Happy Wednesday. Live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios for your truck care and manufacturing needs. Long distance rainy out there, so be careful. Get your umbrellas out, everybody. It's going to be kind of a mess out there traffic-wise, but that's okay. Everything's cool. You got, yes, it's company. Yes, indeed, everybody. Don't forget about Proctor Drapery. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. Michael has his mobile design unit. He's ready to come to your doorstep seven days a week. For all of your wonderful window treatment needs, he's your interior designer. He's the installer. He's the guy. He's a, he's a great value. That is what that's all about. And a good friend. And he thinks like you do. So take advantage of that for all your home improvement needs. It's uh, Proctor Drapery. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. Woven wood shades. Beautiful fabric. Man, he does great work. He's done like three different jobs for me. Norman Shutters, you name it. Yes, indeed. Yeah, this hurricane, Category 4 right now. If it changes, you can update me on Facebook. I'm kind of monitoring it from the uh, Radio Free Allman Weather Center, but I can't always be in there. So, usually I go in there and check the teletype. But, uh, got a lot to do. I'm busy. So, got a lot to do. Yeah, you guys like the yes, are you? Me too. I love yes. Had them all uh, on through all my uh, my life. John Anderson's voice apparently is, I think I think he's a little ill these days, but I saw those guys on a PBS special or something, and John Anderson's voice was still still the same. Fantastic. Chris Squire is probably one of the best bassists who ever lived, but people don't really give him that kind of credit, but they should. You know? He's the man. I, I don't know whether they, they even perform anymore. 
Facebook's too busy pulling people off for playing Prince. Take a straight and stronger course to the corner of your life. So I'll slip in a little bit on the, on the back end the so fast. and play some yes. She hasn't got time to make you wild. That's what I'll do. They'll never know. Maybe they will. I better not push my luck. It's not good to try to poke the bear. Julie likes Starship Trooper. That's a good one, too. I like that. That's when you hear Chris Squire on that bass, too. He's rocking that thing. I know I'm pushing a little lot here. Yeah, I certainly wish Yes would come back. I don't know whether John Anderson could do it or not, but yeah. Yeah, we used to rock out to this in high school all the time. Okay, I better, I better stop this. You know, Facebook is going to totally pull me off. When we do Radio Free Almond 2.0, which we're still working on, it's a, it's a longer process than I thought it was going to be. That's all right, though. We're going to have, you know... Cation's going to have his show, and we're going to have a, another few surprises there for you as well. I know Mama Kay and Lacey are going to have their paranormal show, which is going to be fun. So we're working on that. But I'm, one of the things I'm going to get is a uh, this. There's some kind of um, there's some kind of license or or Facebook license you can get that would. Keep you from I don't I don't know what it is. It's something that you pay you, you cost you money. So I don't mind that. I'm just saying that it's just you gotta you gotta pay them for them not to take you off the air. It's some kind of operation. Got to apply for it or do something. So we'll do that. I'll let the uh, the guts of the operation work on that for a little bit. Figure that out. It's not easy. There's a uh, new poll out, and this is surprisingly low, this number, <laughs> which shows you where we're at in this country now with some people who just don't get it. Uh, 45% of those polled in this new poll say the media was biased against Kavanaugh. Only 45%. I mean, it's a, it's a high number. It's it's a, it's a it's a poll conducted by the Hill TV. There's a there's a uh, there's a group. Uh, it's an operation called the Hill, and they have Hill TV. The Hill dot com. It's, it's a it's a they do a lot of political reporting and stuff like that. Hill TV and the Harris X polling company. Twenty uh, percent of the voters who responded considered the media's coverage biased in Kavanaugh's favor. With 35% saying it was neutral. How can 35% of people watch this and believe that the Kavanaugh, the Kavanaugh coverage was neutral? What were they watching? I mean, I guess if they were watching maybe Fox News, but 45% say it was biased. I can't believe that there are, uh, I can't believe there aren't more people out there who... <laughs> You'd think the, num- the number would be 90. 
I mean, there are all kinds of people out there with uh, with and all kinds of evidence that we've seen. With with, I played you yesterday the 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 rape the rape allegations. The word rape was used like 160 times or something in a period of like seven days, just on CNN. Every time they mentioned the word Kavanaugh, rape was not far behind or not far in front. How could you have? How could you watch any of this coverage and and, and not see that there's this a, a load of bias? Here, I'll play you a little bit. Here, you, 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 they watch NBC, the Today Show, uh, all these organs. Tell or, us what your gut tells you about this nomination? Is this thing in real trouble? Do you think? I definitely think it's in trouble. I think nothing would surprise me, uh, including him, by the end of the week, if Judge Kavanaugh decides he doesn't want to go through this. It isn't worth it. He doesn't want to. Maybe he can win, but he doesn't want an asterisk. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he chose to withdraw and chose to back down. I think a lot, frankly, will have to do with what more do we learn this week? I think if any little thing that we don't know now comes out before that hearing on Monday, I don't think the hearing happens, because if the hearing happens... Boy, I think this is going to be something that is fraught for peril for both political parties. That is exactly Mm -hmm. my next question. I mean, just the specter of a hearing, a public Mm -hmm. hearing. We have seen this before. Anita Hill, Clarence Mm -hmm. Thomas. Because we're so close to an election, because of the Donald Trump era, this one feels like a tinderbox. It feels like four sticks of dynamite wrapped in radioactive material. It just feels like either side could see this erupt a culture war. Yeah, well, he was right about that. But nonetheless, that's just a smattering of the doomsday type of reporting that was going on. And again, Mama Kay, as you point out, the whole rape thing, she actually never, never, she said she thought he was going to rape her. That's not attempted rape, as I explained yesterday. So it was pretty, it was pretty crazy on down the line. And keep in mind, that didn't, that kind of news bias, that kind of bias didn't stop there. I mean, they even when they were reporting on history, this is the first ant that just crawled down my arm. Those damn things are still in this hat. Those little ants are still in my hat. Thought I got rid of all of them, and those damn things are coming right down my. I just one just came right down my arm. Unless there are ants here at Gaslight, but I don't think so. I mean, it is you know, and the problem is it's like eighty-five degrees in here. So I'm hot and wearing long pants, and there are ants crawling all over me. I feel like I'm in the jungle. I feel like I'm, I'm being eaten by bugs, and I'm hot. Of course, drinking the coffee doesn't help. It's like 85 in here because the air conditioner's out, and then, and then I get bugs crawling all over me. It's like I'm having a, having a bad acid trip or something like that. <laughs> anyway, so... Yeah, even when they go back in time. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I'll call you, buddy. Uh, you want me to uh, steam fitter, Chris? I'll call you in just a second here, dude, okay? Because I know you're busy and you're on now, so I'll call steam fitter, Chris. He's our, uh, he's our in-house conservative Democrat, people. He's a good man. Voted for President Trump. I want to get his read on the upcoming midterm election. So I'll call you in just, in just a second, baby. I know. Put the hat out in the rain. I guess I will. But then, but then, I, then I put the rat out, hat on the rain, and then worms will crawl in it. Then I'll put it back on my head, and there'll be worms. And I just—it's just the whole thing is getting is starting to get into an evolving nightmare. All right. So anyway, even when they went back in time, even when the the people 
who were reporting on the, the Kavanaugh hearing went back in time for instance, and talked about Clarence Thomas. I mean, listen to this harpy, what, what she had to say, which was totally false. And also one moment during that, um, people in the room are telling me that as President Trump was saying uh, that this shows that you are still innocent until proven guilty, Clarence Thomas was seen clapping in the room. I don't know if any of the other justices were, but Clarence Thomas, who of course during his confirmation hearings was also accused of sexual assault, was there clapping as well. All right. So Clarence Thomas was not accused of sexual assault. Never. And, and these people, after this uh, woman claimed this on there, uh, uh, on, on the show, on that, on that CNN show, Caitlin Collins, after she said that, uh, she's, a, she's a young White House correspondent there, after she said that the anchors didn't even bother correcting her. They just, they just simply uh, let her say that, oh, Clarence Thomas, of course, was also accused of sexual assault. And he was clapping as like, no, he was not accused of sexual assault. I mean, can we just simply ask the, uh, the, the news media for just a, a smattering of, 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 of facts? Uh, it, I mean, is it too much to ask them to, to, to say something accurate? I mean, it, it's, it, it's driving us nuts. But that's the kind of thing we're getting. So the fact that only 45% of those individuals who were, uh, who were uh, polled said that, uh, you know, that, that they, they thought the media was biased is really a, a laugh. Let me just uh, let me get let me get my buddy Chris on here real quickly. thought you were going to text me, uh, but I, I got your number. Steam fitter Chris. Over there in the great state of Illinois. Neuter, this is Chris. What up, brother? It's Jamie. How you doing, man? If I had a tail, I'd wag it. <laughs> Good for you, brother. I'm glad to hear the positivity because that's what it's all about, right? I mean, you're happy, right? Oh, absolutely. All right. What's not to be happy about? Well, so now what happens then? And Steve Fitter Chris has been uh, a longtime listener to the, uh, ra- well, to Radio Free Almond, but also back in the day over at 97.1. And Chris would call into the show every once in a while, and, and uh, we'd talk politics. And Chris is a conservative Democrat. Uh, had a lot of issues with some of the local Republicans and right to work and all that stuff. And we've talked about that before. Uh, but wound up, you did, you did wind up as a union guy. You're a tradesman. You're a steam fitter. And oh, by the way, I know people might know this already, but before we get started, though, let's double back and, and tell me what a steam fitter does. Okay, so basically anything to do with high-pressure steam piping, a lot of people don't, and again, the international unions have done a terrible job selling what we do. Building trades is a great living. It's a great uh, retirement. So basically we anything under pressure, uh, high-pressure steam, 22 Hundred pounds per square inch on steam piping. Pipe could be two and a half inches thick. It takes us uh, two guys welding on it for two days. At you know, you're, you're looking at uh, something that will absolutely cut you in half, and you won't ever hear it. Uh, that creates electricity, nuclear plants, chemical plants, refineries. Even in your schools, the piping in your schools, the heating and cooling in your schools. Um, I like to tell everyone uh, if it wasn't for labor we wouldn't know civilization that we know now. 
I mean, great water leaving your home, clean water coming to your home. So uh, I get a little fed up with people bashing labor. Uh, but again, our international unions have done a terrible job selling what we do. You can hold your head up high as a blue-collar worker. Now, I went back to school, and I'm business development now, so it, things have changed a little bit. Yeah, so you do a lot of the, you, you kind of uh, work at a lot of the apprenticeship programs, and you try to recruit people to become I do. We, apprentices. I do. I do. The UA, the United Association of Plumbers, Pipe Fitters, Steam Fitters, HVAC Techs, uh, and uh, I think I say sprinkler and welders, we employ the largest, we're the largest employer of the, the uh, men and women of our armed services when they come back home. We have a program called Helmets to Hard Hats. And I've been, a, I've been a part of that where we give them a 16-week aggressive welding course to get them up to speed. And if they pass it, we give them third-year apprentice status. And, uh, I mean, these are great upper-middle class, not middle class. These people, you know, uh, I've been in the trade for 20 years, and I've got to travel the world. I'm a certified welding inspector. All these things were possible because of my uh, apprenticeship program. I just took it a little bit further. But uh, it's a great, great living. Yeah, man. You know, I'll tell you, I've always said to to people, uh, a plumber or an electrician should never be the second call you make. You know, it should be, it should be the first one. I've tried, (laughs) I've, I've tried, I have, you know, I put in sinks and stuff like that in the house and, and I've done stuff like that, but true plumbing work, you know, ought to be done by a plumber. I mean, because people who try to do it, there's, there's. There's codes and everything that have to be followed. These tests yeah. are not these tests are not easy. I, the certified welding inspector test I took it was nine hours long and it was a two week prep course. It was terrible and I got a little bitty brain. <laughs> well, and, and dude, you know, even with this in the steam fitting business, I mean, these things can blow up and do everything. You need people who are uh, professionals and skilled to, yes, to take over it. And, and you know, I've always believed Absolutely. that uh, conservatives, uh, oftentimes too often, have been kind of reflexively anti-union. Like they'll they'll smush the public employee unions into the same grouping as trade unions. And I don't know why they do that, but sometimes they do. And and so uh, to me, I've always appreciated the trades because. You know, companies, these are voluntary contracts that, pe- that companies enter into. If, if it's not good for them, uh, they wouldn't be involved in it. And if it's not good for you guys, you wouldn't be involved in it. So it's kind of the ultimate freedom is, is that you all have your contracts, you all have your work with the company, and if they're not happy, and, it doesn't and, continue. Yes, sir, absolutely correct. And don't get me wrong, we have our... Uh, Weakest links. Let me just put it that yeah. way. But but it's it's not the old days anymore. We I as a apprenticeship teacher, I've actually got school coming next up next week. I have to teach, and uh, we teach our apprentices that give eight hours work for eight hours pay. Go out there, be a problem solver. Take this union apprenticeship and what we're teaching you that's been passed down. Hold it up high with pride. Don't go out there and be an excuse maker. Be an excuse eliminator. You know, in the apprenticeship program, we take. Trigonometry, we get deep into math and uh, science. Uh, the welding is just a little bit a part of it. You know, instruments, controls, uh, it's very in-depth. And people that, uh, my wife's 10 years younger than me, and she's a terrible judge of character, thank God, <laughs> and uh, she married me. But um, when I meet, she's white-collar, so when I met a lot of her friends, they, you know, the same thing. Hey, Chris, what do you do? And then when I tell them, and, you know, they're like, what, that, what is that? And then some of them are like, well, how? You know, what, what kind of schooling do you do? And then I get in depth, and one of her friends, who's a brilliant person, 
she goes, oh, so you guys aren't stupid. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, 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 that's crazy. But so, so now let me ask you this, though. Uh, so so did, did most of the people in your shop vote for President Trump? I would have to say a lot of union members voted for Trump. Uh, and, and to clarify something, I, I, and don't be mad at me, I was not one of them. I didn't vote for the man because of uh, the union issue. Now, what he's done, I've absolutely praised everything he's done. He's, uh, he's absolutely turned the steel mill around. And, and my, my, my jurisdiction is Granite City, Illinois, and that area over there on the east side. And it's put workers back to work. It's put, we've got full employment around the St. Louis metro area. And uh, we can't find enough welders, fitters, plumbers, HVAC tech. So what he's done, uh, I don't agree with people saying Obama put this in play. I, I just, as a, as a Democrat, I can't, that doesn't make sense to me. If I plant grass, it usually comes up pretty quick, grass seed. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't agree with a lot of the things they do, but I'm telling you right now, Jamie, if the Republicans <clears throat> in the United States would stop beating labor over the head with these right-to-work laws, uh, the Democrats would never have a chance. They would be wiped off the face of the earth. But again, just like Missouri, they got out. It, it was voted down, and I sent a, a thing out on Facebook, and it got shared over a thousand times. I was the first one to uh, applaud non-union labor because there's only 266,000 members represented by unions in Missouri. Right to work got voted down by almost a million. So it wasn't a union thing. It was a labor thing, and labor voted it down. Now, union may have backed the commercials with finances and what have you, but labor got out and voted this down. And these Republicans need to open their eyes that they will get voted in, but they've got to stop beating us over the head with these right-to-work laws and these anti-labor laws. So you're saying that, that what happens is, even on the national level, ultimately what happens is there are certain people who will punish a national Republican, even though, for instance, they might not have even had anything to do with right-to-work, but, but, but they will make the Republican Party just itself pay for even a local, what would be considered a local anti-union effort. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Like, I like, guarantee it's probably, yeah, it's probably 50-50. You know, a lot of the union members hunt, like myself, hunt, fish, they love the outdoors, and uh, they they believe very strongly in the Constitution. So yeah. um, it's more of a local level, I think, not a yeah. national level. All right, so so now let's go to the midterms then. So even if you didn't vote for President Trump, uh, but you're but you all are now seeing some of the fruits of a stronger economy under President Trump. I had said before that it's hard for me to believe that someone like you or someone else might go back to the polls and vote for somebody who you know is going to go in and unravel, at least on a fiscal level the progress that has been made. It's going to be very hard uh, to vote uh, on the opposite side, on the opposite side of the aisle with all the success. That's, that's absolutely tangible right now. And, and that, and this is coming folks from a Democrat. So you're saying that you believe that there are a lot of people out there who otherwise maybe even didn't vote for Trump who might, who are Democrats are not going, are not going to go back to the polls and, and, and vote for people who have not, worked for the same kind of fiscal agenda that President Trump has. Agreed. I can tell you that uh, right now, the refining industry, um, we, 
the new to construction, the company that I work for here in St. Louis, we have seven offices across the United States. And we are absolutely, the big pink elephant in the uh, room is labor. We cannot get enough labor. There's so much work out there. Um, uh, it just, we can't get it. The money's there to be made and the labor's just not there. So, uh, you know, that economically it's, it's going gangbusters. Now I will tell you this, my wife and I, my wife has a master's degree in accounting and she's an IRS agent. Don't hold that against her. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, she's very smart and, uh, together we make a very good living and we are getting killed by these taxes. So even though some are being prosperous, um, we, but I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I have a great life. We have a great life. But the tax and the tax cuts uh, benefited some more than others. But so goes taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, man. I I appreciate that, and I know Neuter Corporation, Neuter Construction is an is an awesome company, and right here in St. Louis, 120 years old. And so uh, doing some great work, and, and I'll, I'll, I'm, I'll look forward to talking to you a little bit more about maybe Neuter becoming involved with Radio Free Allman and Radio Free Allman becoming involved with Neuter. We, have, but, we need to get teamed up, brother. We do a lot of good things for our men and women, and with your uh, background and with Neuter's background, you're doing a sporting play event or something like that, and, and uh, it, it would be a great PR. Plus, it's a great, great cause. And uh, as business development, I truly uh, like getting out and telling my story and uh, telling uh, neuter stories. So yeah. um, an HVAC you got broke there, we absolutely have that in-house if you need that baby fixed. <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much. I'll make sure I, I'm, I'll make sure I contact you. And also, uh, you and I are supposed to go fishing. So when I get back from New York City, we'll make sure. Uh, you, yeah, I'm, I ain't going to hold my breath on I know, that. man. But I, listen, <laughs> I, I was just talking to my son the other day. I, I was talking about you, and I said, we were, we are going to do this. So I, it's gotten that far. So I'm gonna, we're going to make we're make this thing happen. But, yeah, thanks for the insight on this because I was, I was trying to figure out about this so-called blue wave and – you know, I just can't imagine with the with the way the economy's been moving now. We're almost at full full employment. Uh, I just can't imagine people going back and 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 installing people who might uh, who actually are actually promising to unravel it. It doesn't uh, doesn't make any sense. And so, uh, thanks for kind of uh, confirming so, that. Are Are you going to make the announcement now that you're running <clears throat> that you're running for governor of Missouri finally? <laughs> No, man. My buddy Tony Minetti might be running for governor of Missouri. I don't know. We'll see how it all goes. No, I would never. Dude, I couldn't. I'm like you, man. I couldn't pass that. I couldn't pass that test. I couldn't pass. A, <laughs> I couldn't pass a welding test, for crying out loud. I couldn't. I don't think I could even be in a print. When you said the word trigonometry, I was like, all right, I'm out. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm well, not. No, no. <laughs> I, I actually teach a course in our apprenticeship that's pipe layout with no mass, so I had to figure out a, a different way for the ones that weren't really grasping it, so thinking outside the box is my forte. <laughs> I love it, man. All right, Chris, well, listen. Get, get, give me a shout so we can hook up, brother, and discuss the future. All right, brother. Appreciate you very much. That's uh, Chris G. And Absolutely, man. So, thank you, brother, and and I've seen him. Have uh, good. Have a great day and a great, a better week. All right, I really appreciate that. You're a good man, and I appreciate you very much, so hopefully he and I can get out fishing, and uh, that, that's your... That's your glimpse into the mindset of an individual who was doing very well in this economy, uh, who didn't originally vote for President Trump. And there were certainly a lot of skeptics. And certainly as a conservative Democrat, it was hard for some of them to actually uh, be convinced that, that President Trump had, had a path. And I totally get that because it was hard for us to even convince some Republicans of that. And so 
uh, that's your glimpse, though, at the so-called uh, blue wave that is not going to be happening. And uh, Chris and his wife, they say they make a great living, but they're being killed on the tax front. They're not going to vote for people who are promising to roll back uh, taxation. Uh, they're not going to they're not going to uh, vote for people who are promising to uh, to change the course of our fiscal future here. It's just not going to happen. Uh, he's got he's just talking about, you know, how they just don't have enough people to fill the jobs they have right now. And so the economy is singing. I don't know whether you guys have noticed this either. I, I, I talked about this a while back where I went uh, down to – I saw the, uh, the stories coming out of Texas. They've got, in, they've got entire communities down there where they are almost like they are uh, not tent cities because they're living like in trailers, okay? So there are people who are going down to Texas to work – in the refinery business, because right now, uh, so so they're all in basically these these uh, encampments, and they're making a ton of money, and then going back and or sending it up to their families or doing whatever, and and those people aren't gonna aren't gonna vote for people who are gonna roll back uh, the the possibility of uh, of uh, uh, Lynette. His name is Chris G G E E. Uh, he's on Facebook uh, for sure, and the, the company is called Neuter Construction. 120 years in business, and it's a good, good, strong company. So, yeah, so these guys are all down in Texas, and and they're just raking in the dough, thanks to the fact uh, that Texas is now uh, one of the three largest oil producers in the world. People in the world the three largest oil producers in the world. And that's because the president, through his policies, has uh, deregulated the industry, has started to f- – and, and by deregulation, I mean he started to free up a lot of the permits that were the drilling permits and those kinds of things that were on hold during the Obama administration. And so they were uh, – uh, so th- those kinds of moves have created an, an economy, uh, at least down in Texas, that is just going gangbusters. And those people all in those encampments in, in those places down there working and, and making tens of thousands of dollars a year they weren't making before, they're not going to go to the polls and vote for people who are going to dismantle uh, the, the fiscal work that the president has done already. They're just – it's just not going to happen. And uh, And again – there are some people who will still do it. These are people who I guess have uh, the luxury of being able to vote for people who will destroy our economy all because they hate Brett Kavanaugh. I guess, I guess there's a possibility of that happening, but uh, that's, that's just – that's ridiculous. And so this idea – people are going, well, the Senate won't move, but maybe the House will. The idea of the Democrats taking over the House even is a, is a huge long shot. If people have the same sensibilities as uh, as a, a guy like Chris G, who's a steam fitter and who's a union guy, didn't vote for Trump, but sure as hell is appreciating uh, the the Trumpian economy. That's for sure. So, yeah. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I want to draw your attention to my buddy. Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855 quote me. Low premiums and low deductibles all at the same time, my friends. Come on now. It's hard to do in the industry, in the insurance industry. What they like to do is they like to give you low premiums, but they keep the deductibles high. 
So they they do that by uh, that's how they recover their money. So when you make a claim, they're like, oh, they're not paying any money out because your deductible is sky high. But the Allstate agency is uh, is a different kind of operation. They've got a pretty big portfolio, and they don't need to nickel and dime you to death. So that's the good thing about the Allstate agency, and an equally great thing about Matthew Mitchell being your local guy. He does auto, home, and life, and I have all three with him. And once you get him to go ahead and give you a checkup on your on your current situation, you'll tear it up. And by the way, just because you have a home insurance policy with somebody, there's no contract. It doesn't. It doesn't unless you sign something weird that requires you to be with them, but very few insurance policies have them. Well, you got to be with us for a minimum of two years. It's like, I hope you didn't sign something like that. Because that's not, (laughs) don't do that. But yeah, Scotty's been with Matthew for 10 years and great guy, and he is. 855-QUOTE-ME. 855-QUOTE-ME. Don't forget about also Santino Cigars and Cocktails, Vogel Road. Mike and Shannon, great hosts. Great place, great vibe, great lighting, entertaining, and they've got your bottle and they've got your cigar. That's for sure. At Santino Cigars and Cocktails, right there in beautiful Arnold. I'd like to see some of these people in the left-wing mob go down to Arnold and try some of their crap. Try directing traffic down there in Arnold. If, as as an, an Antifa member, and see how far you get down in uh, in Jefferson County, because these people have now run amok. I played you a little bit of that yesterday, where they were uh, they were going crazy. They've 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 been they've been mobbing people. They've been surrounding people in restaurants. They've been out calling people racist in the middle of uh, of traffic in Portland. They've they've been following the uh, direct orders of uh, of the witch Maxine Waters, who has dispatched all of her flying monkeys to uh, attack people and t- attack people at the gasoline station and beyond. And so that's what the uh, that's what the whole thing is all about. And and they're all over the place. So it's weird to have to uh, listen to the CNN anchors and stuff start to edit people as they talk about certain uh, people, certain uh, left-wing individuals, and, and, and they just and, – and like Allison Camerata and Brooke Baldwin and the rest of the gang, they just won't let certain people on the air say certain things about the left-wingery out there in the mob. And I don't know. These people, they're, they're not going to vote. In the midterms, they're going to vote for the usual suspects. Uh, the, these people who you saw who are, uh, you know – uh, pounding on doors and, and on the on the Supreme Court banging on doors. By the way, one guy went up to the Supreme Court. Yeah, sure, you can keep banging on those doors. We'll open them. <laughs> I saw one woman. Uh, if these people weren't so hapless, I mean, I would probably even be more concerned about the mobs, but. You're not. You're not. You're not surrounding me in a restaurant. I friggin' guarantee you. You'll have a fork in your throat in seconds flat. Or maybe I'll start with the the, the bread on the table. 
stuffing that down your throat. And then if things get hairy, I'll, I'll go further. But I love these people who are... Uh, and, and by the way, if I'm in a restaurant and that happens and the restaurant doesn't kick the people out, I'm never going back to the restaurant again. But I love the people who went up to the <laughs> Supreme Court doors and they started to... Uh, they they tried to like they stick their fingers in the in the in the in the slot between the two doors to try to open the doors. And it's like you're not you're not going to open the the doors of the Supreme Court by 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 pushing your fingers through the slot in the door. What you what are you what are you out of your mind? And you know clearly you know what listen protesting and I mean the Boston Tea Party and all these things have all been. You know, part of our history. I get all that. I, I I get that. But but rarely have even with the Boston Tea Party, it wasn't necessarily directed at harming other people or shutting other people down. I heard a guy yesterday on uh, the on Tucker show saying, "Well, we've got to do all this because no one else is lifting a finger to fight the policies of President Trump." It's like, wait a minute, though. So so you're going to be the enforcers, huh? Is that what we've created? Is a society of left-wing enforcers who have to decide that it's it's up to them to to save the world from President Trump and Trump voters? Another thing coming. Here's here's one with Joe Kennedy. He's he's out there talking and in with microphones, and they're 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 shouting him down. Just accosting people. These people who those some of those people were on scooters. I still can't figure that out. But they're but they're basically trying to attack and disrupt just people being interviewed for crying out loud, yelling at the top of their lungs. One woman's holding a baby. (laughs) The the baby has a pacifier in its mouth, but the pacifier is in the wrong mouth. It ought to be in mama's mouth. But anyway, so Mary Catherine Ham, who I don't really, I don't really think a whole lot of her very, very much. I don't think she's a very good spokesman for conservatism. She's weak and and she's on CNN and she's just not a strong, uh, a strong representation of the conservative movement. I'm sorry to say, but anyway, she's still up there. So she's being interviewed by Brooke Baldwin, and so is this uh, dude from the Daily Beast. And so they're basically setting the record straight regarding these left-wing mobs. And Brooke Baldwin decides that she's not going to have any of that kind of conversation, you know, on on her air at all. So now, instead of actually dealing with the issue at hand, or maybe even if someone says something you don't like, flesh it out a little bit, or maybe she could say, but what do you mean mob? What do you mean this? What do you mean that? But instead, she's simply saying, no, can't say mob on my show. Brooke Baldwin here. That happened uh, you know, last week is going to matter to the person who's already upset about all the other things Donald Trump has done. Democrats were motivated, passionate, angry. Sure. They are either going to turn out or they're not. Republicans, they're the team that needed the, the excitement, the passion, the energy. They didn't have it. In midterms, that's what matters for turnout, and now I think they do. And it's because I believe it's the overreaction of the left. When you see people like Ted Cruz getting chased out of restaurants by a mob. Oh, when you see, you're when not you, going to use the mob I will, word Oh, it's, it's totally a mob. It is without a there's doubt. Mats, it's, it's, there's no other word mats. for it. It's a go watch, I mean, really? I mean, this, 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 is, this is so annoying watching this Brooke Baldwin character. Matt, Matt. 
I mean, come on. I mean, you know, when you have the news media now deciding what language is appropriate to use on their shows now, uh, that like, listen, I can I can understand if you're if you're throwing the n word around, you, you get what I'm talking about here. But but they they these are mobs, these are mobs, people. But but she doesn't want to put up with it, and that's why we have the mobs that we have. That's why we have the the left wing continually be emboldened to attack people in the middle of intersections, to attack people at the at restaurants, to attack people who are just being interviewed for for another broadcast outlet, whatever, to to just simply uh, be violent. And these individuals simply are are being egged on. I told you yesterday that one of the main problems in this country with the left-wing mob actions are the fact that they're never held accountable for it. We had the situation that happened on Inauguration Day where these individuals were rioting, breaking windows, burning cars, burning limousines. Uh, all kinds of trouble. They arrested some 130 people. Not one of them is in, in is in jail as a result of their destruction of property and beyond. Not one of them. D- down in St. Louis, we had the reaction to the, uh, the, the, ver- the the Stockley verdict, and you had people destroying property and assaulting police officers and everything else. And, and you have the announcement from the city attorney that they're not going to pursue charges against any of these people. So, so what you have is you have a situation where you're not – and the media certainly doesn't give a rip here and beyond in St. Louis. Nobody covered that story with a WTF as their headline. So they, so they just, so the news media and the and the powers that be and these and these uh, pusillanimous co- companies like the one I was working for, they all cower, they all bow, they all uh, cover their eyes. They're the they're the see no evil, speak no evil monkeys out there, and they just sit there and cover their eyes. That's why people run amok. There's no accountability. That's why you have people shooting elected representatives while they're playing baseball in D.C. That's why you have Trump supporters getting egged when they go to Trump rallies. And that's why you have this kind of stuff, because people like Brooke Baldwin and all these weak-ass corporations and all these weak-ass representatives, the Republicans aren't standing up to this either, except lately we've seen a couple of them. And so they just watch this stuff happen. It's no wonder these individuals are running amok now. There's no accountability whatsoever. And, of course, yeah, Brooke Baldwin. Oh, don't call them mobs. They're not uh, mobs. A, Put mob, up a mob is what we saw in Charlottesville, Virginia. Right, yeah, they keep on bringing up the I, I heard people bringing up stuff that was happening in 2010. They brought up these, the, the fact that there were people who came with guns or something to town hall meetings or whatever. Nobody, first of all, was sh- uh, was was uh, pointing the guns at people or doing whatever. And I, I think that was, it happened one time. Is it is it, so so? What do you want me to bring up the the Black Panthers standing at the polling places with the bats in their hands? 
I mean, come on. We deal with the present, deal what's going on right now. We see it in front of our eyes. We see exactly what's going on. These people are destructive. They're anti-American. They want to crush voices, and they have accomplices in the forms of their weak-ass, cowardly corporations, the corporate media people out there like Brooke Baldwin, and elected representatives who don't have the stones to stand up to this stuff, and, of course, also law enforcers, and I'm not talking about the police out there, but people like city attorneys in St. Louis and people in D.C. who aren't following through and punishing these people. And, 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 and that's the biggest problem. Imagine being a police officer. Uh, I'll just take it local to St. Louis. Uh, imagine being a police officer who had piss thrown at you while you're while, uh, bottles of it thrown at you while you're trying to keep businesses from being destroyed by these Stockley verdict morons. Imagine being an officer out there who had, had that thrown at you or had somebody assault you, and then suddenly the city attorney announces they're not going to be pressing any charges out there. Imagine, imagine being a, a police officer who's had to put up with that kind of stuff. Hell, I'd, I'd venture to guess that up in Ferguson, half those people arrested in Ferguson, uh, none of those people had anything happen to them. Yeah, whatever did happen to the guy who was arrested for throwing the Molotov cocktail at county law enforcers? Or how about the guys who have been throwing bottles and bricks and those kinds of things? Whatever happened to them? Whatever happened to the people, by the way, who burned down the market? Well, first of all, they were told not to, not to arrest them by Governor Nixon and the rest of his cabal. So uh, it, it, it turns out that, that in all likelihood, these people weren't even arrested. But the ones that were, whatever happened to them? Did, did anything ever happen to them? I don't, I don't think so. There's been no follow-up whatsoever. It's been all hands-off. But that's why you have the... the, the, the no, a mob is both. not what we saw chasing. I'm what not about, saying what, what they the did people, was right. What about the people who were at the Supreme Court banging on the walls. What do you call that? Civil protest? Or is that a mob? I think it's easily a mob. So Brooke Baldwin decides that instead of answering his question, she puts her hands over her face. Like, oh, I've just... I yeah, have, and if there were tea partiers, we'd call it a mob for sure. Come on. Yeah, Mary Catherine Ham's right about that. If they, yeah, if they were tea partiers, they for sure would call it a mob. I did see... I don't know whether you saw the, uh, the video... The guy who uh, roundhoused and kicked a, a woman who was uh, a pro-life protester. I don't know whether you saw this. This was uh, in uh, Toronto. And although this wasn't obviously the United States, but this is uh, pretty typical of the left-wing mentality. This guy, they, 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 they found his name. His name is Jordan Hunt. And he was he was uh, talking to these people at, at this pro life rally. It's hard to confuse everybody. But still, it's better to be. You want to kill him? And, and he's a, he's a hairstylist. What? They actually filming. have people filming you. And, and, and this person is taping this guy harassing. There's a person taping this person. It's a woman uh, who's a pro lifer, and she's taping him harassing these uh, these pro life demonstrators. Boy. Hey. Destruction somebody, of private property. It's against the law. Somebody gets raped by somebody, and they're like, I, I'm a 16-year-old, and I can't have this baby. Think you should keep it? It's a baby. Yeah. If someone was raped and she gave birth, and she decided to kill her three-year-old child. 
and he kicks her. I meant to get your phone. Gives her, gives her, a, gives her a roundhouse kick. Do not touch me. And and this kind of stuff. This is this is kind of Antifa type stuff. And so uh, this guy Jordan Hunt is on tape doing this. He was arrested and faces 16 charges, 15 connected to this incident, one additional assault charge for a previous incident involving pro-lifers back in August. Now, he was arrested in Toronto, uh, and he's on tape doing this. So let's see what happens to him in Canada. Now, there's a chance that the Canadian law enforcement authorities are different than the, uh, the U.S. ones. But let's see actually what happens to him. But he, here's a guy who is on tape, and I'll, I'll follow up on this case and try to figure out whether or not he actually uh, is, 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 is actually punished for this because it's a pretty good chance that, yeah, he's arrested. And, and Kathy points out the woman was also pregnant. Yes, that's true. But, yeah, he faces 16 charges. I guess there's a good chance one of them uh, will stick. But, but the fact of the matter is, for most people in, in the United States, they can do whatever the hell they want to. It doesn't matter whether they are uh, destroying property or what. They're still going to uh, get away with it. And we've seen it time and time again. And not only do we have the news media looking the other way and indeed covering for these people – and not only do we have corporations uh, out there who have decided they're going to start, you know, fire people with the with the and, and bowing to the left wing crazy mob, uh, then you have the elected officials. And in this case, it is this hugely annoying Senator Hirono uh, from from Hawaii who uh, came out of nowhere, by the way, and and is. Uh, is uh, is exceedingly annoying and and has and just makes things up as she goes along. So she's act, asked directly about uh, what happens, what why people are reacting the way they they are, and violently uh, approaching people in restaurants and things like that. And she gives them a pass. That's 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 her deal All on right. CNN. I want to ask you about the atmosphere. The president and Republicans, what they are saying is that Democratic protesters are, quote, an angry mob. (laughs) And what I want to ask you about is, you know, it is one thing to protest at the Supreme Court, to do it at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. That's been done for for generations and, frankly, since the founding of this country. It's another thing to run senators out of restaurants, go to their homes. Is that going too far? I think that it just means that there are a lot of people who are very, very much. uh, Okay, you're a sitting senator. You can't answer a direct question like that with any degree of courage. And it was a good question from uh, Dana Bash there at CNN. I appreciate her asking the question. But look at, watch how this woman dances around and, and won't, and, and will, in fact, uh, go ahead and give a wave over these horrible activities of people uh, marauding through restaurants. And kicking people out of restaurants. Motivated by what is going on? Because yeah, what they're, is- they're, they're motivated. So, so, so Hirono says that these people are just simply motivated. Interesting. Believe me, if there are anybody on the conservative side who are attacking people in restaurants and beyond, I guarantee you they wouldn't be called motivated. Not even by Republicans. 
this yes. country. It's another thing to run senators out of restaurants, go to their homes. Is that going too far? I think that it just means that there are a lot of people who are very, very much uh, um, motivated by what is going on. Because what, what happened with uh, Judge Kavanaugh is from the very beginning, this was not a fair process. Uh, what the Republicans did was to telegraph after Dr. Ford's account came forward. What they telegraphed was, one, uh, Dr. Ford, we don't want to hear from you. Two, if we have to hear from you, we're going to rig the hearing so Should that the going after people no. at restaurants stop? Well, this is what happens, you know, the, 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 because when you look at white supremacists and, and all of that, this is what's coming forth in our country. There's a tremendous divisiveness in our Yeah, I mean, this is unbelievable. This is a sitting U.S. senator. She, she automatically pivots to the whole white supremacy card and everything else. So that, therefore, if you happen to be a white person, you are the person who is, uh, is then, then, then it's supposedly okay to target you when you're sitting in a restaurant because some left-wing crazy mob wants to go after you in a restaurant. And, and, and that's from a U.S. senator. So it's no wonder you have people who basically have, let's put it this way, no parents, nobody out there watching them, nobody out there uh, saying, hey, calm down. Hey, be careful. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. I mean, for instance, uh, thankfully, we had, you know, out there in Ferguson, we had Brother Bob out there who was uh, taking care of business and, and, and helping some of the try to calm the younger people down. But and, you know, and, and that's leadership. You, you, but with with Hirono, she's just whitewashing the entire thing under the guise of, well, you know, we're very divided, and this is there's a lot of white supremacy out there, and this is kind of what you get when you're white. Tree, but uh, uh, this is the kind of uh, activism that occurs, and people make their own decisions. If they violate the law, then they have to uh, account for that. Yeah, right. So. That's just the weakest response you could possibly imagine. Well, if they violate the law, sure, but it's perfectly okay to go in and harass somebody, and the likelihood that they would ever be charged with any kind of uh, uh, crime as a result of that is is probably uh, zero. But that's why we're in the situation we're in, because we have no one who is taking on any kind of leadership position and telling these people that what they're doing is wrong. And so I pretty much laid it out there. We had the media. We had the corporate media. We had the, the so-called journalists out there. And we have uh, the individuals who are, uh, at this point, uh, just giving it another uh, pass. And Hirono is one of them. And by the way, she did mention the Kavanaugh hearing. But listen, these left-wing mobs have been doing this to cabinet members of the president. And they've been they've been doing this well before there was any such thing as as uh, Brett Kavanaugh. So this idea somehow this is all tied to Kavanaugh is uh, simply uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of crap, as far as I'm concerned. So that's the story I'm sticking to. Live from the Discovery Design. Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. DDTrucking.com. Going to have the guys from Golden Oak in here in just a little bit. They've got something new to tell you. And we also have a giveaway related to Golden Oak. 
But we'll talk about that once they're once they're in. It's Golden Oak Landing, 314-567-GOLD. Special shout-out, too, to my buddy Eric Naputi. My doctor, Eric Naputi, NaputiWellness.com for all of your health needs. Doesn't matter whether it's migraine headaches, stomach pain, arthritis, ADD, ADHD, PTSD, chronic pain. Dr. Naputi is just right on top of all the latest I say technology, but I would say more it's about approaches to your health that don't involve addicting you to painkillers and don't involve you having to pop a bunch of pills, which otherwise are known as Band-Aids. And so he, he approaches all this in a, in a natural way. By the way, utilizing CBD oil as well the uh, non-opioid drip for all kinds of things that are related to sports injuries, for instance, or whatever. You got a kid playing sports and they've been injured or whatever, and uh, definitely don't get him wrapped up in in painkillers or things like that. Take him to go see Dr. Naputi with uh, two locations, Chesterfield as well as beautiful South County. You can check it out there. NaputiWellness.com Thank you also to Tracy Ellis and the Rick and Tracy Ellis team. These guys are great. Thank you for your support of this show. TracyEllis.com I'm going to be out of town for the next uh, four days or so, so I, I, I don't think I'm going to give you my... Well, maybe I will. I'll give you my number. And if you need any help, you can you can call me. I can get you hooked up with them right away. When it comes to all of your uh, home selling needs, if you're trying to sell your house, you're trying to buy a business, sell a business, give me a call. Let's say find the damn number here. Yeah, it's 314 314-309-0704. 314-309-0704. That's my phone number, people. Well, it's one of my phone numbers. 314-309-0704. And I'll hook get you I'll get you directly hooked up with, with the, the with the pros there. Get you hooked up with the pros at the Rick and Tracy Ellis team, TracyEllis.com. 314-309-0704. Check it out. All right. So, wow. Super big prayers for our friends down there in the Florida Panhandle. Man, this is uh, a a gigantic one. This is a Category 4 Hurricane Michael expected to blast into Panama City by noontime. Don't know whether or not it's going to... uh, don't know whether or not it's going to, at some point, turn into a Category 3. But He's gonna break your heart. 
Have a little fun with Super Trap, aren't we? I love Super Trap. You can't stop the boy. Come on, people. These guys are great. I saw them in concert once. They were really good. This is a great one. They like the, even in the quietest moments, probably my favorite album. One of them. But I, I like I like them all. Piano people. Don't take me off Facebook. I'm gonna trick Facebook because they don't even they haven't even heard of it. Super Trap at Facebook. They're too busy monitoring people playing Roy Orbison. I've always wanted to learn how to play the Monday has come around again. I'm in the same old place, the same old face. I like this one too I'm going to get kicked off of Facebook You better not Coming after you Dreamer You know you are a dreamer Alright, I'm going I'm to chill here I don't want, I don't want them to shh, Don't tell anybody so yeah, down there in Panama City, that's that's kind of my place. I, I, I love going down there every summer with the. It's just it's it just is a blast. And so normally it's Rosemary Beach, been to Seaside, Alice Beach, beautiful place down there. It's a brand new place down there, Seacrest Beach, and beyond. And love that place down there. It's called the Emerald Coast. Or the Redneck Riviera, whatever you want to call it. That's where I fell in love with Alabamans down there. A lot of good friends from Alabama I see every uh, every time down there in the summertime. But they've got a, they're under a mandatory evacuation right now in those areas, and this is a, this is a gigantic storm. It's a Category Four. And it actually, it's strengthening. So, you know, that's that's the that's the worst part about it is it's strengthening now, and it's barreling into Panama City. Usually, these things when they get down to uh, down to land, there's a good chance that they will uh, dissipate. But this thing doesn't seem to be dissipating. It seems to be actually getting worse as 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 time goes on. And they've got reporters down there. I'm seeing them down there. And it looks like I'm, I was going to take them live. But it looks like they're in a commercial now. Just see here. Turn this down a bit. We've got Torcon values of four for North Florida, Southern Georgia. That means a 40% chance of seeing tornadoes. Even over towards Charleston, South Carolina, we've got a tropical storm warning in effect here as well, as we are expecting this storm to pretty much hold together because it's moving so quickly. So the wind will be a huge deal with, of course, Michael, and it's going to be making a landfall somewhere along the Florida panhandle and to the right of the center. That's where you have the high danger in terms of tornadoes. That so what's going to happen? Quickly. They're, they're, so they're fearing Georgia, not only that the... Uh, 
area. This is a tornado watch. Goes until 5 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Central this the, the, afternoon. The, and of course, the landfall happening right around the same time as we go into the afternoon hours and then quickly About noon, it's going to pass by. But maintaining itself it's gonna, as a hurricane. Even it, so, yeah, so it's going to it's going to it's going to pass through. Why, why am I talking? Let, lady, let the lady talk on the Carolinas as well. Even as far north as Wilmington, we've got a tropical storm warning in effect for you guys. That means sustained gusts or sustained winds as high as 39 miles per hour or better. All right, so it's possible today anywhere in the red. This is where we've got the severe weather possibilities. Even outside of that, down towards Tampa Bay, we've also got the severe weather threat as well, even though you're far removed from where that center comes ashore. So it's that right front quadrant. That's the most dangerous side of a hurricane in terms of storm surge, but also with the quick spin-up of tornadoes. And again, this can happen even before the landfall. We'll have to watch those outer rain bands as they work their way on shore. You've got the winds coming in from one direction at the surface. We go aloft to 850 millibars coming in from a different direction. So what they're doing is they are uh, – the, the, the hurricane is supposed to hit directly – uh, P- Panama City uh, and and Panama City, of course, they have a lot of these high rise uh, megaplexes there where they people vacation and that kind of stuff. So those might uh, be OK. But uh, Panama, but but the but the fact that it's going to hit Panama City uh, isn't is it is certainly not going to help uh, Rosemary Beach, Seacrest, Seaside and those places right there. Destin even uh, with with the, with the, some of the smaller homes. These are these are a lot of these are vacation communities that have, you know, condos and homes and those kinds of things. And those things are definitely going to be in peril. People are supposed to be out of there because there are mandatory evacuations uh, going on. Uh, but but it looks like there are some people still deciding they're going to stay. And what they're saying is that this hurricane is going to stay a hurricane as it plows through Florida and 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 past Tallahassee and then into Augusta, Georgia. So it's it's going to stay a hurricane if if their model is correct. It's going to stay a hurricane uh, throughout that entire time. And so that's that's very unusual. We really haven't seen too much uh going on. This guy is doing a uh live live but that's going to be that's going to be a big big issue He's here in, in Panama, Panama City, City right now. Beach in Panama City and the Air Force Base of this whole area, Mexico uh, Beach down there and Port St. Joe, this whole area is going to lose, is probably going to lose phone communications, both uh, landline and cell service. So in the coming days, don't think the worst. It's just you, you, you're liable not to get a hold of anybody for three to five days down here. Once it goes out, I, I think most communications will not be non-existent down here, maybe up to a week. And this, maybe this, longer. this dude is doing a live um, uh, from a parking garage. I've got to start moving. I mean, the clock's ticking by the second here, and it's going to go down here rapidly here in about four hours. It's going to be it's going to be full force, uh, Cat Four, borderline Cat Five, um, as as we're going to um, super bad mode here in uh, Panama City, Panama Beach. Yeah. Thank you, guys. That's just that. That just is that. That's man. I, I'm just hoping that, that these people are going to be okay down there. And of course, uh, Jeff is getting the hell out of there, which is good. He's a storm chaser and uh, has, has follows this extreme weather stuff. But 
uh, he's he's there now and did that little live thing from a parking garage, but he's getting the hell out of there as everybody probably should. And uh, it, it is it's beautiful down there, and I, I just I just hope for the best for these people down there. One of the things about that whole coastal area there is these people are very highly dependent, obviously, on their businesses, and and uh, they lose those, and and it's going to be a it's going to be a very hard winter, and uh, indeed spring and summer for these guys. So hopefully, uh, I, I don't know how this thing is going to turn out, but. It's only getting stronger, uh, and it's going to stay a hurricane as it goes through even Georgia. So uh, so as of about uh, two this morning, it was upgraded to a Category 4. And normally what we've seen is these people who are uh, going crazy and, and talking about uh, – a, a devastating storm. Usually, what they do is is it, they make a big deal out of it, and it goes down to a category three. This one has done the exact opposite and is been upgraded with a to a category four and borderline category five going into the Emerald Coast. There, Panama City is the direct hit, and then it'll move on through. Uh, through uh, Georgia and then out to out to sea, but it should be uh, uh, it's it's going to brush through there and and even through the Carolinas. Wilmington's going to get hit too. But if I don't know how long it's going to stay as a hurricane, but man, it's mostly uh, going to go uh, go through uh, that. So it, it doesn't seem to be getting as much attention as the other hurricanes. But I, I but I don't know. But it looks like this is going to be a, um, a a big one. And so uh, prayers out to our fellow Americans down. Uh, in those areas there. So we'll follow up on that and I'll have more for you uh, tomorrow uh, when I'm, when I'm in, in New York city, I'm leaving there for, for New York city today. Uh, we'll be there just a reminder. I'm not going to be a, in a situation where uh, I'm going to do a stream, uh, but, but I am going to be doing the Facebook lives uh, from New York city. Uh, and so Thursday morning, I'll be live from there Friday, Thursday uh, day, I'm going to be going over to Yale University and working on a project that involves a level of research that I'm going to have to dig into there uh, on Thursday. And I'm, I'm really privileged to be able to take my daughter Katie with me as well. So she's uh, all in. So that's, that's going to be fun. And then Friday, I'm going to pop into Fox News uh, and see Brian and hopefully be there in time to do a uh, Facebook Live with Brian before he starts his uh, show, his radio show that's on at 9 o'clock in the morning on uh, on 97.1. So hopefully I'll be able to kind of hook up with him there. I'm talking to them about also doing some contributor work there at, at the uh, at the at Fox News. And so we'll see how that whole thing works out. I'm talking to somebody there during that time. So I'm going to have to uh, put a little uh, suit and tie on action and get, get over to Fox News on Friday. And I'll be back on the air on Monday. And then moving on to a week from now, uh, stay tuned because we're going to have, uh, I haven't, I don't have it locked down as in totally, completely and altogether confirmed, but Wednesday will be the Radio Free Almond Halloween special. And that's going to be, um, uh, a, a on, uh, on Facebook. So we're going to be, if, if all goes well, we're going to be live, uh, on Facebook Wednesday morning 
for from a haunted house. So uh, just let you know. I normally don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tara Lynn, I might just wear the suit and no shoes. Sure, of course. I'll walk to. I'll go to the. I'll, go, I'll wander around New York City without any shoes on, barefoot. It'll be fun. I'll be the Bohemian. I'm the Bohemian guy. So yeah, well, so I normally. Uh, I don't. I've never done like a Halloween special. I probably should have, but I'd never done one. So hopefully, and and I'll get this confirmed by the time it rolls around, obviously. Uh, but we're working with a haunted house where we're going to actually uh, stay overnight at this thing, and then and then in the morning do a uh, do a live show on Facebook from the haunted house. On that's Wednesday morning. That's kind of our Halloween thing. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be blast and uh, Lacey Reinhardt from haunted STL tours and Mama K from there as well. Uh, we're going to be, uh, you know, seeing how it's going to go at the old haunted house. It's going to be a, a ton of fun. And Lacey and Mama K eventually, once we get uh, Radio Free Almond 2.0, uh, we're going to be, uh, we're, they're going to have their paranormal show. And, and oh, hi, Lacey. Lacey's on as well. She's a sweetheart and she's awesome at what she does. And just absolutely one of the most, interesting people I've, I've known, uh, throughout my career. And she's, she's, she's great and fascinating and, uh, learn a lot from her and mama K as well, uh, is going to be with her. And so we'll see how it all boils down. I'm, I'm still trying to confirm it, but we're pretty sure it's going to be, uh, that date and, and Wednesday morning live from the haunted house for the Facebook live. So we'll see how it all works out there, baby. Be a ton of fun. So yeah, and well, and so tomorrow I'll have obviously we'll have more. We'll know more about uh, this uh, Hurricane Michael uh, in Florida, but we just uh, hope uh, that it works out for the best and and uh, for the folks down there. But it doesn't look like it's going to be very good. So just hope something happens. Normally these things die. I've never seen a I, actually at least since Katrina, I've never seen something that would uh, would. Um, that actually increases in power. It's always they make a big deal out of something, and then, oh, now it's a Category 2 when it hits land. This baby is supposed to be a Category 4 when it hits land. So uh, we'll see how, and, and close to a Category 5. And then they have the other problem where they have the offshoots of all these tornadoes and stuff that will uh, pop out as a result of the hurricane, and that's inland, and that's all throughout Georgia and maybe a little parts of Alabama a little bit. Uh, Tallahassee is uh, under a, a huge uh, warning right now. So I uh, just hope that everybody is uh, going to be okay. It's just a hard thing. But they, most of the people are supposed to be out of there. So we'll see how it all goes. All right. So uh, President Trump, we saw this news yesterday. This got a lot more coverage than I thought it, it really actually kind of deserved. A lot of the coverage was uh, – there were a lot of insinuations about the Nikki Haley resignation. I saw the Post-Dispatch headline yesterday morning. It happened right after I got off the air. Uh, the Post-Dispatch yesterday morning said, uh, Nikki Haley resigns, gives no reason. So they were trying to ins- – these, these people were constantly trying to shoehorn into this uh, – into this story, this idea somehow that Nikki Haley uh, could not stand the misogynistic administration of President Trump and uh, Brett Kavanaugh. And so the one prominent woman in 
Donald Trump's administration says she's had enough of the madman atmosphere there and the White House and blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, there's Nikki Haley and President Trump in the Oval Office smiling at each other. And she's getting a rare send-off in a situation like this. It's normally you don't have these kinds of things happen. And then she told President Trump six months ago this was probably going to be the deal. You're talking to a person about a person who has spent eight years as a governor of South Carolina. Hard work uh, being a governor, and she spent two terms as being governor. Then suddenly was popped in as U.N. ambassador at a very active, and I'm talking very active time as it relates to foreign policy issues and dealings with other countries. So you had the North Korea situation. You had the China trade situation and the China situation. You had Iran, that situation. You had situations involving the uh, pullout uh, from the Enviro-Crazy Accord with the Europeans. You had the reworking of NAFTA. All these things that required working with other countries and other foreign dignitaries and that kind of thing that requires some leadership from the U.N. ambassador, Nikki Haley. So she was working her rear end off, basically, pretty much nonstop. And she did a really good job at what she did, but even the best people tend to get a little burned out by this work. And then you have other things that are going on that I'll explain in one second. Nikki Haley also happens to be a mom, so she has two kids. She has two kids, and and she's a mom on, on top of being a pro, professional. And so this is just a tumultuous time for for her and you, you can't blame her she's done great work and at some point you know you, you, once you've done great work like that uh you know you you have to get you, you, you have to get out there and and uh and leave uh while it's it's uh leave while it's while you're ahead uh, and so anyway, and, and she said it's time for somebody else with, a, with maybe a fresh outlook or, a, you know, who might be fresher to get to get involved in this and do this. And so, you know, it's uh, it's fantastic. Uh, the job that she did and she's leaving and they made a bait, but they tried to make this and they couldn't. But they tried uh, to make this out to be some deal where she just couldn't stand President Trump and was pissed about the treatment of Christina Ford and all this other garbage. Uh, but that didn't turn out to be the case at all, because an hour later, uh, there they were in the Oval Office, smiling like two lovebirds, practically. And she has a lot of fondness for President Trump, even though she didn't support him early on. And that's a good thing. So here's the possible scenario uh, as it relates to Nikki Haley's future. And this is this is my prediction. Uh, haven't heard this much talked about, but this is what I think is going to happen. There was some conjecture that that Lindsey Graham, senator from South Carolina, would ultimately join the Trump cabinet uh, and, or maybe even become the ambassador to the U.N. And, and, of course, Lindsey Graham might do a pretty darn good job. He's once now that he's got his uh, balls back from the uh, crypt that John McCain kept them in. Uh, I think everything is 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 fine. So uh, he's kind of free to move about the cabin, fortunately. And Lindsey Graham's done a good job doing that. And I, and he's pretty tough as it relates to foreign policy. Little, he's a little hawkish for me. Uh, he's one of those, uh, you know, he's a little bit neocony, and so he sometimes is a 
is a little bit too excited about war, which I have a little bit of an issue with. And, and so I'm, not, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, that that is toned down a little bit. I don't think the president needs somebody in the U.N. who's a, who's a war guy. But he, he does need somebody who's tough. And Nikki Haley was tough. And Lindsey Graham, I think, could be, could be tough as well. Uh, and good. So let's say Nick's, Lindsey Graham is is taking that job, or let's say uh, that Lindsey Graham somehow, uh, you know, is is featured, you know, uh, in a different cabinet position or what have you. And so, uh, in that case, uh, there would be an appointment necessary. And keep in mind, this is happening close to the midterms. So. Let's just say that uh, we go through the midterms and get past the election, and then uh, Nikki Haley is free to be appointed as a U.S. senator from uh, from South Carolina, while Lindsey Graham is busy as a uh, in in the cabinet. That may or may not happen. My sense is, though, and my feeling is that what we saw yesterday in the Oval Office was the Republican ticket for 2020. And I do believe that Nikki Haley will be President Trump's running mate in 2020. And that's just the sense I get. It's nothing that I'm saying that would be negative towards Mike Pence. uh, And and, and, because I believe Mike Pence has done a stellar job and, and, and has been a great supporter of President Trump and uh, has been a great supporter of common sense and a fantastic conservative and just an overall great guy. But I do believe that 2020 is a little is going to be a little different of a scenario than 2016. Uh, four years will have passed. It's a long, long time. Uh, the country has changed to a certain degree and, uh, and, and, and in a positive way. And to capitalize on that positivity and to capitalize on on fresh faces and those kinds of things, uh, Nikki Haley would be an excellent running mate for President Trump in 2020. And so I think that is actually going to to happen. Uh, and and uh, Bill's mentioning that maybe Lindsay might be attorney general. We'll see about that. Either way, uh, even if Nikki Haley is appointed senator, uh, she would ultimately then uh, still be able to be President Trump's running mate in 2020. And again, this is nothing negative towards Mike Pence, uh, but I do believe Pence is probably, uh, you know, uh, is more than happy to go ahead and, and uh, have someone else uh, take the realm uh, in 2020 as President Trump's running mate. And I do believe Nikki Haley would be perfect, particularly since she didn't necessarily – support President Trump early on and could coalesce some of the people who otherwise might be on the fence. Obviously, she's a very formidable talent as it relates to not being not only being a leader, but she also happens to be a woman. Uh, I'm not into the tokenism thing, uh, but I do have to tell you, sometimes it does matter. It does make a difference. And I do believe 2020 is going to require a, a couple of fresh faces. And uh, the fresh face just might be Nikki Haley as President Trump's running mate in 2020. I think it'd be a great idea. Uh, and and uh, we'll see how it all all shakes out. So President Trump, though, yesterday, 
did his usual trolling and and did his usual uh you know living rent free in the in the in the minds of uh of the media and so what would you do if you're president trump and there's really nothing to see here except for Nikki Haley moving on and possibly positioning herself from a different thing. She's leaving on a very positive note and leaving, uh, you know, after doing a great job as a U.N. ambassador. So you're President Trump and, you know, they're still talking about that rapist Brett Kavanaugh in the media and everything else. So what do you do to change the conversation? You pull out the ultimate troll. You pull out the ultimate trolling of the news media and and you do what he did right outside of Marine One as he's about to board that or after he came off of it. I don't know what the circumstances were. Uh, oh, yeah. He, I don't know. But he was near Marine One. You could hear the helicopter. And, and he does what is well, vintage is Trump. A person I would consider. And she is under consideration. We have actually many names. And, you know, Nikki has been great. Nikki's going to be working along with us. And helping us with the choice, plus he's going to help us with 2020. And- of course, President Trump also has that wince on his face. And whenever he has that wince on his face, a little bit of a wince, whenever he does that, you know he's about to pull some BS on the media and, and make them go crazy. Because that's just kind of how, how you can tell the president is about to toy with the news media like a tat, like a cat toys with an injured mouse, just bats it around. Uh, Nikki's a great friend of mine. We've become real friends over the last period of time. She's done a fantastic job, and so she'll be involved. And Dina certainly, and there are others. I've I've heard a lot of names. I've heard Ivanka. I've heard how good would Ivanka be? The the people that know, there's nothing to do with nepotism. But I want to tell you, the people that know, know that Ivanka would be dynamite. But, uh, you know, I'd then be accused of nepotism, if you can believe it, right? Yeah, right. Oh, no. I, I, uh, how about Ivanka, everybody? Yeah. Oh, and, and nepotism? Yeah. I mean, I might be accused of that, but I don't really think it would be nepotism. Yes. I think Ivanka would be incredible. That doesn't mean I'd, you know, I'd, I'd pick her because... You'd be accused of nepotism. Even <laughs> he is just absolutely just poking these people. There's not a chance in hell that Ivanka is going to be the next UN ambassador. I mean, there's not a chance in hell. And President Trump knows that, but he's got these idiot lemmings in the news media who are going to take what he just said here and go nuts with it. You go, President Trump. You'd be accused of nepotism. <laughs> Even though I'm not sure there's anybody more confident in the world, but that's okay. But, uh, but we are looking at numerous people, and uh, it is interesting. The, the name you just mentioned has been thrown about. <laughs> well, Dean is certainly— Yeah, so, so Ivanka. So he throws out Ivanka's name, and of course there have been people who suggested it. But so the president decides that he's going to uh, go ahead and kind of— uh, say, oh, yeah, Ivanka, yeah, that, that might be really a great idea. And you know what? This whole nepotism thing, they might accuse me of that, but that's not really nepotism. And so that, so then, then right after that, the news media, the people who are who are in, on the, in the left-wing media, the enemy media, go crazy. President Trump's going to elect his daughter. 
to make her the UN ambassador. And he doesn't think it's nepotism. And they went nuts over the whole thing. President Trump knows that 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 he's not going to have her as the uh, as as the UN ambassador. But throw it out anyway and see and see how it all goes. And that's how it all went. So good for President Trump trolling the news media once again. Uh, speaking of the first family, though, did you see that uh, Melania Trump is apparently going to be telling all in a uh, interview with NBC. So she sat down with this, oh, I'm sorry, ABC. She sat down with the, uh, the uh, ABC reporter. And basically, it should be interesting to a certain degree because, um, because, be, because I think there will be some good revelations there. I think they will have to follow through, even though what the news media does normally is, uh, is – basically say, oh, yeah, we're going to talk all about your charity work. And then the whole interview uh, discusses Donald Trump and and uh, and Stormy Daniels. And so we'll see how this thing goes. But uh, Melania apparently told them that uh, no questions would be off limits. And so the tease itself seems to be focused a lot on her having to defend herself like they like you're hearing the questions but you're not hearing the answers and a lot of it might have to do uh with the fact that this interview winds up just being all about her having to make excuses or defend herself for certain things that she did or certain things that she wore during a hurricane or what have you but here's here's at least the tease if you want to hear it Where's my where's my sound? Oh, here, sorry. First Lady Melania, Friday night on ABC. Finish this sentence for me. Melania Trump is... First Lady Melania Trump. You did agree to this interview, to your credit, with no preconditions. Correct. Knowing that there could be some, some tough questions asked. The exclusive. Can women in the Me Too movement call you a supporter? This Friday night, no question is off limits. You're not the first First Lady to have to deal with her husband's alleged infidelities. Has this put a strain on your marriage? The exclusive interview. Let's talk about the jacket. The jacket. Why did you wear it? With the first lady. What's the biggest misconception about you? Being Melania, the first lady. The ABC event special. Friday night at 10, 9 central on ABC. I guess, is this a thing where we kind of take what we can get and just uh, hopefully... uh, hope that there's actually more good stuff coming out of the interview than than bad stuff are they how much of it is going to be edited and uh, and how much is left on the cutting room floor melania trump gave abc a lot of trust and i don't know exactly what they're going to do uh, with it they focused for instance on that jacket and that jacket was the uh the a jacket she wore and the back of it said, I really don't care. Do you? And it was in June when she visited these uh, children had, that had been uh, separated at the border. And so apparently there was uh, there was some blow up over that whole thing. You, you never know. So uh, it's been about a year since Melania Trump gave an interview to any of the major networks. She did speak with Fox and Friends and Ainsley Earhart. Uh, in a segment that was uh, taped uh, well before 
uh, it aired. And uh, so she was also asked questions apparently uh, about Barron and and about living at the White House and uh, in between that and New York. And so uh, we'll see. Uh, 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 what what happens here? And uh, most of the time, uh, if if she does do interviews, she's normally with President Trump and kind of just makes a little uh, cameo uh, interview. Uh, but but that's the, but that's the, uh, the that's the sum total of it. So we'll see how it all works out. I I, I don't know. She she looks great. She's you know she's got her pith helmet there and her riding boots and. You know, they're going to give her crap about her pith helmet. I believe me. I think they already are. You wore a pith helmet. That's a sign of colonialism. And, you know, you're a colonialist. You're colonizing Africa. And you're a slave. They'll figure something out with the pith helmet. I think they already have. I think there's already been somebody giving her crap about that. But anyway, this is Tom Lamas. And he's the one who sat down with her. And she was in Africa. And so uh, we'll see how the whole thing goes. But that was the uh, that was the uh, promo from it. Yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, coming up, I've got uh, some things to tell you about last night. And um, okay, enough of that crap. How about some of this crap? Little sugar ray people. Come on. When it's over, so last night that's the time I fall in love again. I was uh, at the Maryville University Speaker Series. That's the time you're in my heart again. Spent a couple of hours. And when you go, 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 go. with James Comey. Yeah. He was in town. In the Maryville University Speaker Series, I have a lot of uh, really uh, good friends over there at Maryville University. It's a really good, great place, a great university, and uh, great people. Dr. Lombardi's a cool dude, and really like those people over there. This uh, Speaker Series is one I've been privileged to go to. My in-laws have had tickets. Wife's family has had tickets there since uh, for 21 years. I think it's going on their 21-year anniversary uh, of the of the Speaker Series. And it's always been uh, somewhat educational and uh, occasionally riveting. Remember uh, seeing Benazir Bhutto right before she was assassinated. She came to speak at the Speaker Series. I've seen all kinds of great people speak there. Interesting people. Oftentimes they surprise you. Uh, you, you you have this you know kind of preconceived notion about somebody, and then they uh, they surprise you because they are different than you thought, or they're talking about something different than you thought they would talk about. And sometimes it can be very inspiring, very insightful, very interesting. Uh, like I, and I always bring up the Mia Farrow story, which you know that was one of my big preconceived notion things. Where she came into town, she was a speaker there, and. Mia Farrow was the, uh, you know, she's done a lot of work uh, overseas as, you know, promoting uh, 
you know, anti-hunger programs and things like that. I thought, okay, so what are we going to do? We're going to sit and listen to her talk about, you know, starvation for two hours. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, for starvation. I'm not a fan of starvation. I just, I just, I, I, I know about it. I, I, I've done help. I've, I've, I, every time I turn around, if I'm at Whole Foods or I, if I could contribute to uh, microfinancing programs that are taking place in African nations or beyond, I always contribute to them. I think microfinancing is an awesome approach to uh, to life. I think we ought to do more of it here in, in the U.S. Carly Fiorina promoted that idea. I like Carly's idea about that. And maybe someday down the line I'll work harder to promote uh, microfinancing, which is great. It's putting people to work. It's people who are taking charge of their own economies. And uh, it's really a, a great thing. But anyway, I don't want to get off into that tale. So, no, but Mia Farrow gets up there. And I... Uh, I wind up uh, hearing about Frank Sinatra and about uh, and about Woody Allen and you know and, and very little in the way of politics and very little in the way of her left wingery. It's mostly like interesting stuff about her being married to uh, to uh, Frank Sinatra and Woody Allen and all that stuff. And so it's pretty interesting. She turned out very interesting. Uh, my preconceived notions about Comey uh, pretty much was. Uh, was right on. Uh, Jim Comey, uh, there's something wrong with him. There's something not right about him. And, and, and I believe that, that part of it has to do with uh, Jim Comey's gigantic ego. I mean, it is, it is, uh, it is almost unable to fit into the auditorium. This guy has a huge ego. And I mean there there are people out there like for instance who are uh who are tall and Jim Comey's tall. But there are many people who talk about how tall they are. And that's, that's kind of a tell, you know, on, on the whole thing. It's kind of like there aren't many people who talk about how tall they are. That, that told me everything I really needed to know. But most of the, most of what I told me everything I needed to know was his behavior throughout the entirety of this election process as well. And uh, Jim Comey, to me, uh, was uh, very political. He, he went on about how he didn't want to be political, but he was. He despises President Trump. And he, and he, and he called Trump a liar, and he called Trump... Uh, that that you know, he said that Trump was unfit to be president of the United States, and, and he also talked a lot about uh, institutions. And I, I I I was muttering, you know, why don't you just form the institutionalist party? Because we he went we went he went on and on about how how great of a listener Barack Obama was and what a what a what a somewhat of a great listener GW was and talked about these the grand old days of of Republican and Democrats when they uh, were institutionalists and they respected institutions and blah 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 blah. And then he then he then he cited uh, when, the minute he cited James Clapper as a as a dignified individual, I was like, okay, here we go. 
everybody before Donald Trump and who is uh, and who the, the clappers of the world, the Comeys of the world, the uh, the 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 all the people in that community that intel all of our so-called institutionalists uh, wound up busy, I guess. While the Mooge was plotting to kill 3,000 Americans in New York and D.C. And, and terrorism grew right under their noses. And it wasn't until President Trump got a handle on it. And I realized that, yeah, okay, Barack Obama oversaw the ultimate demise of uh, Osama bin Laden. I get all that. But, but the reality is most of these guys didn't have the interests of this country at heart. They had uh, their interests protecting their little fiefdoms, for protecting their little institutions uh, and beyond. And there were some people in the crowd. Comey is, is not well-liked by either side sometimes. I mean, Democrats are sometimes angry at him because they think he was, he was, um, he was the one responsible for the election of Donald Trump, which isn't true. Uh, and I don't care what you say and what excuses you make for the horrible candidacy and the horrible personality of Hillary Clinton. There was nothing that Comey did that swayed the election there in October when he talked about this whole thing. Hillary Clinton was lazy, angry, and disgusting. And Hillary Clinton was never going to be president of the United States after her deplorables comment, whatever. And, and so, uh, so, so, so this idea somehow that Comey swayed the election in, in, in Trump's favor is only an excuse made by all the Hillary bots out there because they can't stand and face up to the fact that Hillary Clinton was an awful candidate and an awful person and was not fit to be president of the United States. The hatred that she had inside her body for people who didn't agree with her and who uh, and and who who supported President Trump, the hatred that she displayed, the uh, the high minded disgust that she displayed for you and me, she was never going to be elected president. And there were people actually who uh, went out of their way to vote even against her, but it had nothing to do with Comey. But it's a way for some of these individuals to pacify themselves because their candidate, who was a horrible person and horrible, lost. So there were some. So as long as Comey gets out there on a stage and talks about how horrible President Trump is, that gives them just enough of a lollipop to suck on to get them through the night. Just enough of a, a pacification. So anything he said negatively about uh, about. President Trump was met with, oh, yeah, yeah, right, yes, thank you for saying that, James Comey, all the, all the NPR people, you know, thank you, so they could, they, they could, they could stick a pacifier in their mouth, and that, that gave them enough uh, to, to, to be able to suck on uh, through the night, and maybe even, t- uh, even through today. So James Comey was liberally attacking President Trump. The one thing that disturbed me the most was that I believe uh, Comey lied uh, to the audience last night. His explanation of this dinner that he had with President Trump uh, defied truth. 
it, it was beyond the realm of comprehension what he said about this dinner that he had with President Trump. Now, James Comey loves to talk about himself and, and, and about how, uh, how Patrice tells him, you know, his wife Patrice tells him everything. You know, he's just, he's such a suck up. He's such a, you know, he's just, it was bleh, hard to watch, hard to listen to. So anyway, the explanation of the dinner that he had with President Trump was, was po- quite possibly the most disturbing aspect. He was asked a question about this dinner that he was invited to with President Trump. Now, keep in mind, President Trump uh, came into office as an outsider. He was not a – he he didn't operate by normal protocols. And and in some cases, I'm not quite sure he even knew what the protocols might be. Like Barack Obama and all these lifelong politicians – keep in mind, Barack Obama did nothing in his life except – as a political animal. So 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 these guys are all steeped in the whole political thing. And and Barack Obama, I'm sure, you know, because well, you know, Barack Obama knew that he was not supposed to talk casually with me and that we would be separated from then on and blah 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 blah. And uh President Trump didn't understand that. He did he, you know, so so anyway, then this this he gets a call from President Trump. Directly from President Trump. Who wants to have dinner with him that night? This is that infamous dinner that Comey talks about, where uh, you know he, where President Trump wanted loyalty from him and whatever else. And so, President Trump calls him directly to have dinner, and of course, uh, cutesy pie says, "Well, you know, I was going to have uh, Thai food with Patrice, but I decided I was going to go ahead and." Uh, and 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 uh, and, go, and go to dinner with the president. The president was going to have me over, and so he goes to dinner. But but in the meantime, and this is where I I'm almost positive he was not telling the truth because I I didn't buy it for a second, and can't imagine him being this stupid and this disengaged. And this is the first time I've actually ever heard this from James Comey. Comey claimed that he didn't know it was going to be a one-on-one dinner with the president. Now, I don't know. You guys might have heard that already. I, don't, I, I haven't followed up. I didn't read his book, and I haven't been interested in the slightest in his post-FBI career. But uh, Comey, uh, and I also didn't realize what a, what a political animal, what a swamp creature he was actually most of his life. But anyway... Comey said that he didn't know it was going to be a, uh, a one-on-one dinner with the president. He said, you know, well, I thought maybe somebody had said that uh, the director of Homeland Security, uh, you know, who, somebody had he claimed that somebody told him there might be other people at the dinner. And he he goes, oh yeah. So I said, well, after I hung up, I thought, well, this might be just a dinner with with all kinds of different people from the from the uh, from the cabinet. It was just going to be everybody in the in the cabinet. They were all going to be uh, at this dinner. And at that point, I thought, dude, there's no way you didn't know this was going to be a one on one dinner with the president. There's not a chance in hell. Now again, there's a possibility that. Uh, Comey was not lying, 
But just look at it commonsensically, right? You get a call from the president. He wants to have dinner with you. And by the way, this is the president he keeps on saying, doesn't listen, isn't a good listener, isn't this and this, and then makes fun of him for trying to find out a good time for James Comey. You want to do 6, you want to do 6.30. And Comey's like, come on, Mr. President, just make a decision. It's like, okay, this is the president trying to, trying to he's, he's calling you the day of, asking you to go to dinner, and he's asking you whether 6 or 6.30 would be, uh, would be appropriate, and you're, making, and you're making fun of him for that? Gee whiz. So anyway, it's hard to believe that Comey would be in a direct conversation and take a direct call from President Trump to have dinner with him and not know that it wasn't a one-on-one dinner. That, 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 that doesn't make any sense at all. That, that totally defies re- reality. So Comey gets a call directly. Now, normally, if you had like a cabinet dinner or something, uh, and, and there were a bunch of people involved, you've had somebody organizing it. Like you'd, you'd have a call from uh, somebody, you know, somebody, one of, the, one of the president's staff members or something organizing it. But, 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 but the idea that, that, that James Comey just was this kind of doe-eyed, innocent FBI director who thought it was going to be a big dinner with everybody else is implausible. But that's what he said. Oh yeah, and so when I got there, uh, and I went through the I went through the the garage and did all this kind of stuff, and then talked to these people. I was and he and he gave this image of him kind of peeking around to see the table where he was going to be sitting at, and and then he said, and then suddenly I see there are only two place settings there, and it's and 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 suddenly I realize it's just me and the president. I'm thinking, oh bull crap. There's no way. Now, I guess there's a possibility. I mean, uh, some of you, uh, do, do any of you think that it's possible that Comey thought this was going to be just one big dinner with everybody when the president calls you personally on the phone to invite you to dinner? You're thinking that this is a dinner with everybody? And for instance, like, 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 okay. And then, then he talked about how, well, as FBI director, the idea of having this dinner, you know, cause usually what would happen is once you're elected president, you have no further casual conversations with the FBI director. That's just, uh, de rigueur. That's not, that's totally not in line with regular protocol. So you would think that if Comey got a call from President Trump directly, You'd think that, 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 that maybe if he, if he thought this was so off the grid and he thought it was possibly inappropriate, don't you think that Comey would say, are there going to be other people there? Like, why wouldn't he say that? And, and would he be nervous to say that? Why would he be? I mean, you're the FBI director. So apparently he's like, I guess I'll go. But, but there's no conversation about anybody else being there. The president didn't tell him, clearly didn't tell him that other people would were, were, uh, were, uh, be there. The president didn't, didn't say that. The, the president didn't, didn't say, hey, by the way, there are going to be other people at the, at, the, uh, at, the, at the dinner. And Comey apparently didn't ask. But Comey was so shocked, apparently, that this was uh, 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 so off the grid 
Comey was shocked apparently, uh, and and that 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 he was going to have dinner, but didn't bother to be shocked enough to ask whether or not to be other people there. It's just, it's, it's, it defies belief, defies common sense. So uh, in the end, uh, there is, there is 0% chance that Comey, in my opinion, didn't know this was going to be a one-on-one dinner. And, and the idea that he sat there in front of an audience and claimed that he didn't know was embarrassing. Because I, even I knew the guy was lying. There was no way he didn't know. Uh, and I looked around the guards and I peeked around them and noticed there were only two place settings. And one of them was FBI Director James Comey. I was like, oh my goodness. Baloney. Comey is a... Swamp creature, GW graduate, Obama administration graduate, who, in my opinion, believed this was too sweet to turn down. And in my opinion, he, he had all the reason in the world to take this dinner. He knew it was a one-on-one, and he knew ultimately it would be his chance to figure out what this president was doing and maybe even entrap him to a certain degree. Because in my opinion, Comey already knew before that that, uh, that there was a possibility that Trump might remove him. So, so to me, Comey knew damn well that this was going to be a one-on-one dinner and then, and then went on to lie to the audience there at the Maryville University Speaker Series about how he thought it was going to be a dinner with other cabinet members. That was that. And, I, and, and, and tell me if you uh, if you uh, if you knew this already, because I didn't know that he thought that that was the first time I had heard that. And my BS detector pinned right away. Little innocent James Comey, because, you know, Comey comes across uh, in 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 public like this. He comes across as this innocent little senior high schooler, this doe-eyed kind of, you know, I just do what my wife tells me to do, and I'm just this, and I just this. And I, he's, like the, he's like the male version of Pippi Longstocking when he's in these environments. Oh, I had no idea this was going to happen. I thought, I would. come on, dude. You're the FBI director. You've been around the block in D.C. You've been in the swamp for this long. Who are you kidding? Oh, I'm just a, you know, this, this, you know, so, so it's just so, ugh, it's so insufferable. But then, then, then being lied to about this dinner, because he, I, I believe that Comey had every intention of using whatever was at that dinner for his own personal purposes later. He knew damn well it was going to be a one-on-one and, and, and there just wasn't a chance, in my opinion, that he didn't know this was going to be a one-on-one. And I would have preferred to, 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 to feel like I didn't have to take a shower after watching him lie to 2,500 people. There was no way he didn't know this was going to be a, a one-on-one with President Trump. No way, in my opinion, at least. Might be wrong, but I think I'm right. Just saying. So he's on the lecture circuit now. But 
know how much he was paid, but I, I'm sure they paid him a lot, a lot of money. But some of the audience got what they were looking for, and that was an attack on President Trump from a reliable swamp monster like James Comey. Anyway, I, I appreciate the opportunity to see these people, to see the players, and that's why I, I go. And my in-laws are kind enough and generous enough to have been subscribers to the series and invite me, so I go. And then sometimes I talk about it afterwards. So we're monitoring this uh, Hurricane Michael and the latest is that it's a uh, Category 4 hitting Panama City sometime in the afternoon. And it's unusual because it's uh, because it's coming towards Florida and that beautiful Emerald Coast there. And it's not dissipating at all. It's turning into, it's getting, it's actually getting stronger, which is uh, very fearful. It's, it's close to a Category 5, and apparently it's going to stay a hurricane on through Georgia. So that's going to be tough. But who knows? In the next two hours, we don't know. It's, it's only... Uh, 8.30 a.m., so we'll see how uh, see how this thing goes. It could always dissipate, and we pray that it does and do a Category 3 or whatever, but for now, it's steaming full stream ahead. Category 4, close to a 5, 145-mile-an-hour gusts, passing by Tallahassee, on through Augusta, Georgia, and then into uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, so... They fear tornadoes are going to pop out of it and everything else. So we uh, pray for our friends down there in that area there. Hurricane Michael will be monitoring that in the Radio Free Almond Weather Center. Weather Center headquarters. So I guess my friends from Golden Oak are here. Nice. You want to bring them on in? Thank you, Matt. Friend, hang on a second here, people. Have a good time with some of the sticks here, will you please? I was looking for a phone number there. Ah, hang on a second here, buddy. So we're gonna we're gonna monitor this thing and 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 focus on what's happening. Any new information we get, we will make sure that we uh, we give it to you. But in the meantime, guess who's back? Thank you for ha- inviting me back. First of all, first well, of all, Jason Walton. It's great to see you. He's the uh, senior VP of Sales at Golden Oak Lending. Five six seven gold. Five six seven gold is the number. 
And now, when I was talking to the esteemed James Hawkins, who is president of Golden Oak Landing, along with Sean, they're, they're co- are they co-presidents? No, they, wait. They are. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and uh, we talked about having you on the air, and I threw in, I threw in, and that scared me a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know my music was still on. Um, we talked about a little promotion that we would do. That's very true. And, yeah. and, and so what we're going to do, and now I don't, I don't have the hats, but you guys will give me the names. Okay. So we kind of batted this around, and, and what I said was, you know what we can do is we'll give away 10 of the brand new hats once they come in, the Radio Free Almond hats. Okay. These are kind of leather look hats. All right. I'm not wearing one. I should be wearing one. I'm actually, Jason, wearing a hat that had ants in it. Okay, you have to tell me about that one later. I'm going to tell you about it now. Elaborate now. I'll, okay. I'll tell you about it now because I'm I'm uh, I'm just that kind of person. All right. So I have a I have a pool. My pool is still open. Okay. And I uh, I have a uh, I have to go out and, and clean it though a lot because it's of the, I mean, it's fall and leaves are popping into it. I got to keep it maintained. Sure. Uh, so it's heated and everything else, and so uh, I, I like going out there at night. Sometimes working on the show and do whatever, and so I had the, uh, I had the, the other night I had it and I took my hat off for some reason. I think it's because I drove into the pool, took my hat off, laid it on the ground, uh, <laughs> and, and and popped into the pool, and then I guess just went inside and left my hat outside for the night. Or yeah, okay. Yeah, so so uh, I think it was out there like two nights all even because I I didn't have my hat for like two days. So last night I go out. And I clean the pool out, and I sit down on the, the lounger, return a few messages, work on the show, and my hat's down on the ground. Oh, there's my hat. Okay. So I put my hat on, and I start to, uh, after a while, I start feeling like things crawling all over my head, or crawling on me. Huh. I was like, what the hell? What is going on here? I feel like there are bugs all over me. This is outrageous. And I felt like I was like, going to have to, like, you know, I was like, what is happening? Uh, and so I, I didn't know what was happening. So I go inside because I'm, I'm dying to like find out like what is crawling in my hair. It was like something in my hair or whatever. So I go inside and I'm in the bathroom and I shake out my head. Mm-hmm. Like I shake out my hair, what's left of it at least. Gotcha. And these little black ants start falling into the sink. That would be worris- worrisome. Yes. You're like, are they cooling out my ears or what's, what's going exactly. on? Then, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, Lord, you got to be kidding me. I have some ants in my head. <laughs> now, actually, the more I talk about it, now I'm thinking they're back in my head. Yeah. So, I, so these ants fall into the sink, and then I take my hat off, and my hat is, like, crawling with these ants. Wow. That's how good your hats are. I mean, they're just... <laughs> Everything's attracted to them, I'm sure. I'm telling you. Because normally ants only bother themselves like with, uh, you know, discarded lollipop sticks and maybe an occasional dead insect. So these hats that we're about to offer your your audience, they're they're pretty special then. I mean, even if even ants are attracted to to these hats, I mean, they're not. Yeah. But but the hats we're giving away are ant-free. Ant-free hats. You will have no ants in your hat. I don't know why the ants were even in this hat. I can't figure out what they're why they would even bother with my hat because there's nothing in there, like to eat. Well, I don't know that maybe they were just seeking shelter. 
Well, there was still one in my hat that, as of this morning. I put the damn thing on. It was, it was still in my hat. So anyway, uh, that's, that's a long way to get to our hat promotion that we're doing with the Golden Oak Landing, Chase. Sure. So uh, we're going to give away 10 of the brand new Radio Free Almond Edition hats, but you gotta you got to kind of work for them. True. So what we would like you to do, we would uh, like to offer your audience – the, the first people that call Golden Oak, uh, 567 Gold, that's 314, for a free mortgage checkup, okay? Um, first off, you're going to get a free hat. And th- these are newly designed hats. Yeah, these, well. these, these, I'm not, these I wish not I was wearing regular hats. Well, yeah, because the ones we had before, and, I, and we've got a, a bunch of them, but these are kind of the uh, leather. They, they look like they're leather. Okay. So they're, they're almost actually kind of perfect for the fall and winter because they kind of look a little leathery, but they're a material that kind of looks a little leathery, but it's, they're, they're nice hats. They're going to be in high demand, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm sure. So you're going to get free, 10 free hats, but you're, we're also, Golden Oak is going to offer you a free appraisal. So if you call us for, first 10 callers, for a free mortgage checkup, um, First off, you're going to get 10 hats, but by the sounds of it, nobody's even got these hats right Yeah. Oh, uh, no. Actually, unless they went online to buy them, and, and they're, they're 21 bucks a piece. I mean, they're, they're, these are nice hats, by the way. These are, these are well-made. These are not your... These normal hat? Your, your, the, the, the normal bulk hats. So these are, these are nice hats. And so uh, we've got 10, which to give away to 10 people who call 314-567-GOLD. And get the mortgage checkup. Get the free mortgage checkup. And let me just um, uh, describe what a free mortgage checkup is briefly for your, for your listeners here. Um, you call us. Um, you're going to get a senior loan officer. We have 20 uh, in St. Louis. These guys have, uh, on average, over 10 years' experience in the mortgage industry. They're experts. We've got the best of the best. They're not going to try and sell you anything you don't want. They're just going to give you some advice. Give you some options. You're going to call in. Uh, normally, the first thing they offer or they ask you is, what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? Do you want to save money, uh, pay off high-interest credit cards? Um, are you looking to do some home improvements? Or maybe you want to shorten the term of your mortgage, pay it off much quicker. It might be a combination of all of these. Um, you'll trade some basic information, go back and forth. The call only takes five to ten minutes. Again, it's completely free. We run your credit. We call you back in about one hour with your options. We'll offer you the absolute lowest rate available. We'll give you great service. More often than not, you'll see something that works for you. And um, our loans generally take two to four weeks to close, depending on the type of loan that works best for you. And um, when you get to the end, there will be no charge for an appraisal. It's not a gimmick. We're not offering this to anybody else. This is just for your audience. Yes, this isn't. You're not going to hear this anywhere else. Yes, this is exclusive. So we're really excited. Um, when you get to the end, there's going to be no cost of the appraisal rolled in. Now, we offer an appraisal guarantee if your loan doesn't close anyway. Um, we don't charge you for it. But when your loan closes, guess what? We charge you for it. So we're saying that we're not going to charge you for the appraisal. It's about four hundred dollars for an appraisal yeah, these days. Yeah. So um, we're very excited. Um, and here's the other thing. I know um, not a lot of people probably can watch this live at 8.30 in the morning, so you might watch this later today or this evening. Chances are, if you call us, um, we're still going to be able to honour that for you. So please pick up the phone and, and give us a call at 314-567-GOLD. 
Um, and, 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 if, and, if, and if it winds up piling up pretty fast, then we'll just add a few more hats to it. But, exactly, but, and we might add a few more appraisals to it today. I'm thinking if you can call in any time today, because it's not fair for people that are working, and they might watch this when they get home. They're right. Like, oh, watch the Jamie Woman podcast, yeah. and they're God damn it. You know, I, was, I missed out on that one again because I got a job. Right, you right. Know? So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're still on that for yeah. you. So if you, if you can call us today. But please pick up the phone. You know, if you own a home, or if you even if you you want to get pre-approved on a home, you know, um, the good news is um, we've got the best of the best. These loan officers, and as uh, as I said, they're not going to try and sell you something you don't want. Right, um, right. We've got great customer service, and we've got phenomenal rates. And um, you know, I encourage you to call us, please. Three one four five six seven gold. And the other great thing about this is you don't have to do. You're not going to have to do anything. You don't have to go and pick it up or anything. So what Golden Oak is going to do is they're going to go ahead and give me the list of ten names. We're going to have to have your address too, but that's just that's okay if you don't we'll if you don't mind. Uh, and then I'm going to make sure that the the, uh, the hats are shipped to you. So they're they're going to send be sent to you in the mail. Okay, so you don't have to come down anywhere and pick something up, or go someplace and pick something up, or whatever. Um, and I guess what we can do is, if 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 you prefer to pick it up, we'll make sure we get them to Golden Oak. If you do go ahead on in, because normally people will go in and meet with you, right? If preferably, we always like to meet because you're going to have questions, and those questions lead to more questions. And when somebody's there, they can show you your options. You don't have to make a decision there and then. It's just a lot better than going back and forth on emails and, and, and whatnot. And, and here's another good point I want to bring up. If you do something now this month, you have no payments until next year. So think about that. So uh, we call it a payment vacation. Um, coming in, in October, you have no payments till next year as well. So you really got nothing to lose. There's no risk here. Um, you're going to know what options you have available to you. More often than not, you, you're going to end up doing something because we can better your situation financially. Um, so, again, there's no risk here for you. So please pick up the phone and call us at 314-567-GOLD. Yeah, the, the no payments thing is great, especially now because you're going through the holiday season, basically. And if you don't have to, if you don't have to pay a mortgage to after to in after de- Christmas in December until after Christmas, yeah. that, that's like that's fantastic. Well, you can get used to it, and then yeah. you get your first one in like three three months. You're like, what? What the heck is this? <laughs> I even forgot I had to pay for this house. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but it really is great because it it really frees you up and and gives you a a, a sense of freedom that uh, that you will definitely appreciate. And when it comes to going into Golden Oak lending it's really it's right out there at westport and it's really a great vibe because everybody there uh, i've never seen so many just happy people people who are well taken care of out there uh they're all well dressed and and they are pros golden oak lending one of the they, they have such great heritage here in st louis but one of their really big points of pride is their customer service their their people service and and uh, their their approach and I, there's no one else who approaches that kind of personal service uh, in in the lending industry, which sometimes can be a very impersonal thing because you're, you're you're putting all your information out there, you, you you feel vulnerable. The last thing you want is somebody who actually you know doesn't really care about you. You know, I mentioned this before uh, last week when I was on the show. If you go to our website, we've got hundreds of testimonials. You can, I mean, we've, we get in five to ten a day from people that have just closed loans. And you can read about what they're saying about us. In fact, I, I often say we couldn't write these better ourselves, but 
they're coming from other people and it's uh it's uh pretty amazing so i would recommend that check out our website see what other people are saying about us and um you know, if you haven't done business with us before, here's the other thing I say to people. I mean, we're not just going to close your loan at Golden Oak Lending. Any, anybody can do that. We're going to stay in contact with you after the fact, after we close your loan. We'll let you know if rates go down, another program comes out. We'll even call you uh, every three or four months just to make sure you're happy, everything's okay, and that's it. So um, after the fact, you, you never have to worry. If rates go down, we'll tell you. If a program comes out, we'll tell you. So um, we're always looking to uh, improve your situation down the road as well. Yes, three one four five six seven gold. And listen, I I'm going to change the plan just a little bit here, real quickly though, sure. because because and again, I'm not a very good not a very good planner. I did I did not have a calendar in my freshman year of college. Uh, so so when I went when I when I when I'm a, uh, appointed. Uh, to the Supreme Court, the next open Supreme Court position, uh, I will not be able to produce a calendar of my activities the, the first month uh, of, the, of the year of college or the senior year, whatever. I just won't be able to do that. So I'm not, I'm not the best at planning. So pardon me if I switch it up here for a second. So what we'll do is I'll bring the hats to you guys because people are going to have to come in and see anyway. So cool. I'll just I'll I'll get the, the the ten hats to you guys, and then I won't bother having to mail them out, and you guys can give them the hats when they come in. You know what? I might even call myself when I get out of here, just so I can get a free hat. Well, I'll I'll put a couple more in there for you, you golden <laughs> oakers out there, you guys, for all the hard work you do, and especially for your great support of the show. So, Jason, great to see you again, my friend, and uh, we appreciate you very much. And in case you missed Jason last week, where he was able to explain the exotic accent that's coming from him, you can tell the people you're actually a uh, you were born in the UK, right? Born in the UK, uh, Jamie and I have something in common. Um, we're both actually from, oh, well, U City, yeah, somewhat. So, uh, did you, you actually went to high school there? Oh right? yeah, U City High School. You went U Okay, so I've been living in U City as well for um, at least fifteen years, and I said I love it. My wife's from U City, um, so we have that in common, yes. right? And um, but yeah. Yeah, great yeah. place to live. Uh, great place to have kids, and and uh, I really loved. I still love U City, and uh, you. I was a, I was a U City Indian. Now they're the U City Lions, but I was a U City Indian. Uh, another thing I want to point out, and I come in last week. Um, we've already got a couple of loans working with in process with your audience, which is great. So um, we really appreciate that, and um, yeah, we're looking forward to more. So we got the first ten callers. But again, if you call tonight and you you, you you don't have an opportunity to watch this tonight, we're, we're, we'll honor that for you. But um, go through the loan process and that there will be no cost for an appraisal. That's at least 400 bucks. So really, there's nothing to lose. So I, you know, I really encourage you to pick up the phone and call us at uh, 314-567-GOLD. Great. Right? Good, good to see you, my friend. And, and, and thank you all for, for what all you do. And, and one of the things I love... Uh, hearing back from the people who advertise on Radio Free Almond, because you all out there always make me look so good and make the Radio Free Almond Nation look so good. Because one of the things, and you guys have probably already seen this with a couple of people you're working with with loans, is uh, these are these are high quality people. That you're, I tell you what, um, your audience loves you. I can tell you that. So they're talking about you, and we're trying talking about loans, and they want to talk about you. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> yeah. 
That's funny. <laughs> That's good. Well, I, I appreciate that feedback, uh, and I know they love you. So uh, you guys are great, and I'm really proud to have you as supporters of Radio Free Almond. We 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 feel that we're lucky to be able to do that for sure. Yeah, and and by the way, I have. Uh, Drops of sweat dripping down my back, and I've got a T-shirt and no shoes on. You're in a suit, well, and I appreciate you gutting it out, buddy. I think you're, 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 you were dressed to the nines last time. You got pants on and everything. <laughs> I know, yeah, exactly. It's like he's, you're wearing your Sunday best, and I, so I have to step up my game with a suit and <laughs> yeah. try to, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me. I have pants on and everything. As Jason pointed out. Yeah. All right, buddy. Appreciate you very much, and uh, and thanks for uh, thanks for coming in. Thank you very much for having me again. Yes, sir. GoldenOakLending.com, and it's 567-GOLD. And these brand-new hats, by the way, are rocking. All right, buddy. Take care, man. These guys are gold now, really. Have a, have a ton of fun, too. Uh, they're, they're just great people, and James and Sean and... Jason, the rest of the team out there. I love their confidence. I love their uh, style. And love the fact that they take such good care of you. And it's it's so cool to be, I mean, everybody who's supporting the show and beyond. I mean, it's so cool to, I mean, people who are real pros and take their work seriously. Just, just love that. It's impressive to watch. Very impressive to watch. All right, so, yeah, the latest on Hurricane Michael. Uh, hours away from landfall. And they, they're calling this catastrophic and unprecedented. So, sometime this afternoon, it's going to make landfall as a Category 4. Could, could possibly be stronger by the time it hits and will remain a hurricane as it blows through Georgia. Uh, winds are not going to be the only problem. We're going to talk about the uh, storm surge and everything else. The uh, National Weather Service issued this uh, this at, at, at just after midnight I was closer to one this morning and and this is pretty intimidating this is from uh, this is from the National Weather Service in Tallahassee and first of all this this is a tweet they put out And it says, if you live along the coast and were told to evacuate, this is your last chance. And your last chance is in all caps. Hurricane Michael is an unprecedented event and cannot be compared to any of our previous events. Do not risk your life. Leave now if you were told to do so. And that, and that's... N-O-W in all caps. That's coming from the National Weather Service in Tallahassee. That's pretty dire. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. So it's just about 80 miles south of Panama City. 
and Poppin North and uh, they say water levels are already rising and there's a storm surge already about five feet that has been reported in Apalachicola which I know well there because I, I, I eat oysters from there all the time when I'm down there They've got a buoy sitting out in the ocean about 90 miles southwest of Panama City. And they had, uh, they lost the buoy right after it reported wind gusts of about 76 miles an hour. Uh, and, And so what happens though when it hits land is that these uh, winds increased because they've got that kinetic energy. I listen to me. What the hell I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. The winds increase. That's just what I'm saying when it, when it hits the land. So it looks like it's going to hit directly Panama City, go through Augusta, Georgia, Wilmington, North Carolina, going to pop all the way up to kind of Cape Hatteras on the East Coast, uh, pass under Philly in Pennsylvania there, and and then uh, move on out into the ocean. So, I uh, fear some time down there, man. And, and, and that, that whole uh, that whole tweet from the weather service in Tallahassee is intimidating. And on Fox News this morning, really early before I came in, they were interviewing some people in Panama City. And there were people who were staying there. I'm like, you got to be you got to be out of your mind. And I think they were staying in these these uh, high rises. Panama City has a lot of these big high rises where they just stuff thousands of people in there during vacation time but keep in mind October is a uh, is a very popular month sometimes to be down in Florida it's beautiful down there in that area there uh, so it's, it's beautiful there so October is a beautiful month to be in Florida anyway but it's also a treacherous month yeah, Margaret. I don't think it's. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna pass right under New York. I think. I think. I don't think it's gonna. It's gonna be by Saturday. It's gonna be out into the ocean, and it looks like the path. Although the path can always change, pops into um, pops into into uh, under Philadelphia. So there might be some rain and stuff on the weekend, but but other than that, it's, it's not gonna be. Too bad. I bet you it's going to rain like hell in New York City. But New York is kind of cool when it rains, though. New York City, when it's 99 degrees and sunny, and you can smell the, the fish in the puddles in Chinatown, that uh, is not uh, very, very fun. That's uh, I've been there, done that before, and... Uh, yeah. All right. So, yes, here's a drill. So I'm going to be leaving today, uh, heading to New York City. Uh, tomorrow, there will be no stream. 
And then uh, on Friday there will be no stream, but there will be – I will be Facebook living. If all goes well, uh, Friday, hopefully I'll be over at Fox News and, and hopefully we'll be uh, able to pop in for a little uh, live chat with Brian Kilmeade uh, if, if all goes well and then uh, and, and everything. But, but Thursday morning I'll do a, a live chat too, probably from the hotel or something like that because it will be uh, early in the morning. And so I'll do something from there, uh, and then uh, then I will be at Yale University on Thursday, and uh, I'm doing some research on a project that I ultimately will tell you about uh, down the line. But it's gonna it's a uh, but I'm I'm doing some research at Yale University. There there are archives there, so going to be there, uh, and then Friday uh, going to be hanging out. Uh, at Fox News, hopefully, if everything works out, and then, uh, but I will be talking to them, somebody there during that day, uh, uh, about uh, a contributorship fair at Fox News. So that'll be Friday, and then um, the other parts of the weekend, I'll be hanging out with my daughter Katie, and she's going with me to Yale, uh, which will be a fun little trip with her, uh, and uh, and then I will be also. Uh, see my bro there, Paul, who work, who uh, lives in New York City as well. Uh, but mostly just uh, a lot of work will be done. And uh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, Scotty, I'm not. I'm not there doing any digging. I'm not doing a research project on Kavanaugh at Yale. But I, I, who knows? I'll run into you know some future Supreme Court justice who just might pull his pants down in front of me, and I'll have to write that down just in case. And you know, 36 years from now, I'll be able to testify that so-and-so pulled his pants down in front of me on the campus of Yale. We'll see how that old thing goes. Anyway, uh, thank you, Pat. appreciate that. Thank you all. And uh, please continue on uh, with your prayers for our uh, lovely Americans down there in the Florida panhandle, Georgia, North Carolina, and beyond as this big-ass storm hurricane uh, Michael starts to descend on on everybody down there. So, uh, thanks a ton to Nutrition HQ NHQ rocks. Thank you for uh, this week. I was proud to announce that, uh, or maybe it was last week I announced it. I don't know, but either way, they are the brand new, uh, the latest brand new sponsor of uh, the Radio Free Almond Show. And so I appreciate them uh, very much and, and appreciate all that they've done uh, for the show and also for my health because I have a uh, lot of great supplements thanks to NHQ.rock. It's right there in Rock Hill. It is uh, Manchester and McKnight and good people there. Veteran owned. That's right. Ricky is a veteran. He and Jenna have the Nutrition HQ headquarters. Great supplements, great proteins, all kinds of, I think I put, I did put something on Facebook that was uh, their pre-workout called Stand the F Up. It was a direct response to Colin Kaepernick. It's fantastic. They also have a, a new, brand new cool apparatus where they can test your body fat, everything else, and help you out, get you on a path to whatever path you need to be on, so... Thank you to Nutrition HQ. NHQ.rocks is the website. And again, Golden Oak Landing. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, team, for coming in. 314-567-GOLD. We're going to hook you up with a brand new line of hats. If you go ahead and get your uh, mortgage checkup and appraisal with Golden Oak Lending. So thanks a ton. Again, I'll see you on Facebook tomorrow morning and Friday morning. No stream, but 
Facebook will be the answer. All right, folks, have a great rest of your day.